we're back. We're back. We're back on Zoom because Yay. work is work is is very hard. We, what are you talking about? You teach you teach math, dude. I, my work schedule is opposite that of every other person in this world. So you know how you get done at five p.m. My workday starts at three p.m. and doesn't get done till like. You say 10. that like you say you say that as if I'm not about to do work right after. Shut this. up. Shut up. Shut up. All Shut I'm up. saying. Nice. But we're back. So we're back. And happy new year. We're we're trying to keep this. We've already done one this year. Have we? Yes. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> what oh the god. hell? Oh my god. I'm so Keshav, stupid. get your I thought, shit together. I thought I thought Avatar was last year. We're a bi weekly podcast. I think bi-weekly that's been fir- I think that's been firmly established. <laughs> yes. But but we're here. Thanks for coming back to listen to us. We appreciate it. And we do. you know, over our bi-weekly uh absence, the the biggest day, the second biggest day in film uh <clears throat> of the year happened being the Oscar nomination announcement. So yeah. Uh we're just going to jump into it real quick uh and discuss what happened here. Um Overall, um, not too like crazy. I don't it's know. It's like I, I, everything is pretty meh, you know. Yeah. Like there's not like nothing that's like a travesty. Nothing that's like the, the like best nominations they've ever done. Like it's just fine. Yeah, like, I don't think there's anything that I'm necessarily like uber mad at, except for maybe a few things. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm. It's not like last year where, you know, decision to leave or not decision to leave. Uh drive my car just got like a shit ton of nominations when no one thought it was or like, you know, a couple of years ago when La La Land got like everything. Uh, mm. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. Uh overall, um, if you want to know the the front runners in the in the nominations, the number one nominated film was Everything Everywhere All at Once, I believe, with 11 nominations. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Which, yeah, it's a great movie. There were a few of them that I was like, I don't know about this one, but, you know, it's okay. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I really did like the yeah. movie, but there's a few in there that I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, it's, sometimes, sometimes a movie gets a lot of hype, but, like, sometimes it also is, like, something that everyone's excited about, and, you know... It, it's like at the do I like or do I think it was the most deserving of all those nominations? No, no. But that being said, I'm glad I got eleven nominations. Yeah, because that like, means that the Academy yeah. really liked it, and you know, I really liked the movie too, and so did you. So you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Then the the next uh, the next most nominated film was uh, the Banshees of Inisherin, which we are not talking about today. We will be talking about it in a future episode. We're going to kind of talk about like all yeah. the best picture nominees. Uh, but long story short, I did not like that movie that much. That's my and I and I think it's like fine. <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> I literally. I'm literally. I don't know why you just you. I do like you've told me. I get it. I understand. I don't know. Man. It's just. It's just fine, dude. I it's just totally it's just like it's just weird in a way that you don't like and that's yeah funny. it's not even that it's weird because it's not even that weird i just it's kind of weird it's kind it's of a little weird. weird the donkey's the best part that's pretty much the best the part donkey the, the donkey's the best part yeah. anyway uh um, but that was the second most and the third most was all quiet on the western front which is a, a german film that's based off of a very famous book 
you've seen it. I have not seen it yet, uh, but I'm planning yep. on watching it this week. I've heard yep. it's pretty um, good. So it's it's really good. Um, nice. Yeah, I watched it. Th- I watched it this week. Um, it's it's really good. Um, and like just to give like a like a quick little f- um, thing about it. Um, the thing I like the most about it is it doesn't like it's a World War One movie, but it's not like 1917 where it at any point it feels like it is like super aware of itself and like mm-hmm. um and like knows that it's making a war movie. Like it doesn't like it just had like the effects are in there not to be shown and be like big and huge like a plane crashing or something. Things just happen and it's like. And it manages to be like artsy while yeah. feeling still realistic. It's really good. It seems um, like it's a really raw horror, or not horror, war movie. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty raw. Where it's like kind of just shows the the tragedy and kind of really really horrific things that happen in war. Um, it's not like sensationalizing it like some other war no. films. Um, no, not not even a little. And it's like no. I I even think. Like, 1917, like, showed the realities of, like, trench warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this, sh- like, made it feel a lot more, like, gruesome and horrible. Yeah. Um, and if I remember correctly, yeah. you weren't a huge fan of 1917, right? Uh, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan. I liked yeah. it fine. Um, yeah. I thought I it was pretty good. I honestly thought, even though I, I, like, I get why they did it, I still thought, felt like the one-shot thing was gimmicky. It was. <laughs> um, even, and like, I, and like, you know me, I fucking love Roger Deakins. I love yeah. him. I love, he's my favorite, but like, um, and I still love the way he shoots, but like, I just didn't like his style for, of shooting for that movie. Um, yeah. I thought the and, one shot kind of worked a lot better for Birdman in that movie. Yeah. Like, it definitely made sense yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Birdman, exactly. Like, Birdman was doing the one shot, um, like, it, it it just had more purpose, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, so I didn't love 1917, but yeah. um, it's well, fine. I, I think this is, this is, I would probably say my favorite World War One movie now. Oh, wow. It's not like, not like a huge pile to pick from. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what do you got? 1917 and like, I don't know. Like, like Wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first movie to ever win Best Fiction. Wow. Great. The only only reason I know (laughs) the movie Wings (laughs) for that one trivia. The one movie trivia. Jeez. Uh, When I say I I kill it at uh, movie trivia, um, it's that one fact. Nice. (laughs) You know it. Good job. (laughs) Yeah. The other one that you have to know is how many A Star is Borns have been made, and there have been four. (laughs) Dude, or no, no. Other than that, it's like how many seasons of Grey's Anatomy are there? That's not even movie I, trivia. <laughs> I know, no, but they'll but they'll like, they'll put it in a movie. I'm like, oh god, I'm fucked. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, anyway, we should get into these nominations. Uh, we're gonna start with just there. We're reading off the website, and it's uh, we're just gonna read it off there. Yeah, this it's will not be the order that they are presented in. So <laughs> we're gonna start wanna, with. Well, they cl- <laughs> they close the night out with writing original screenplay. <laughs> I still think the best thing that's ever happened was during the 2020 Oscars oh, no, I, when I know, they switched Best Picture and Best Actor and they thought they were going to give it to Chadwick Boseman and then Joaquin Phoenix, who's like great actor, but you could tell that he's just like kind of not, you know, socially Enjoy adept uh, being himself. And he's like, and the, and the Oscar goes to Anthony Hopkins. He's not here. Bye. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was so uh, bad. Oh my god. That was so tragic bad. Tragic for so, so many reasons. Oh my god. So actor in a leading role. Uh, we have nominees. Austin Butler for Elvis. Colin Farrell for Banshees of Inishirin. Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Paul Mescal? Mescal, yeah. For, for After Sun. And Bill Nye for Living. Yeah, I haven't seen After Sun, The Whale, or Living. Uh, but I've seen the other two. And those two performances are both very, very good. So, yeah. you know, not really yeah. not only anything mad. The th- funniest thing about Elvis uh, is that Austin Butler's performance, I-, I mean, we all know was just absolutely amazing. Like, yeah. we all know that it was just a really, really great performance. Uh, but I think that hard carried that movie. Uh, because I think if oh, it my wasn't God, yes. as good, I think that it wouldn't be Dude. nominated for all these Dude, things. I think this didn't, like... We'll talk about it later because, like, didn't Elvis get like an editing nom? Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I Over hate the that. Fablements. <laughs> I hate that so much. Ugh. We'll th- yeah, we'll talk. Um, yeah, I can't really think of any huge snubs for this. Um, yeah, a lot I, of people were writing for Tom Cruise uh, for for Top Gun. I'm really glad that didn't happen. I, I am kind of glad. Look, we did not hate Top Gun. You can listen to our review. We both liked it a lot, but, but no. But That's not just, that. No. I, I wouldn't say Tom Cruise is acting in that. I think Tom Cruise is a movie star. Um, just because he, but just because he does stunts does not mean that like. No, no. Yeah. Give like make a stunt Oscar, please. Yeah. Then give Tom I, Cruise a nomination. I honestly think they should do. Oh, like, oh yeah. That. Oh my god. Because yes. I think it would bring more people to watch the show. But anyway, but I, I have not yeah. seen After Sun or Living or The Whale. Obviously, The Whale. Brendan Fraser is the front runner right now. I would say honestly. Um, yeah, because of the comeback story of him and all that, and I've heard it's I heard his performance is very very good. Um, people love a comeback story, and the Oscars are people. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. I so. have heard After Sun is really good. I it's really long though, so it's one of those where I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I'll say I like it. But I <laughs> That's tough. Seen it. Um, and then yeah, I I I think well, like the two leading, um, or uh, like. Front runners, front runners, I assume, are Austin Butler and yeah. Brendan Fraser, right? Yeah, those are the two. Both, uh, they're both performances that carry the entire movie. So. Yeah, and yeah. I do want to put it out there. I think Colin Farrell is really great in that movie, despite me not liking it. I think he's yeah. very, very good. And I also think Colin Farrell, like, he was in a movie called After Yang as well that I heard was very good. And don't forget, he was also the penguin in The Batman. And he was like, hey, yeah. oh, uh, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> Oh god! It's, what a weird performance! <laughs> just a strange so performance. Weird. Honestly, uh, I was there for it though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, actor in a supporting role: Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Jude Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry Keoghan Keoghan mm. for The Banshees of Inisherin, and. Ki Hu Kwan. Ki Hu so Kwan. Dude. I'm so racist. Ugh. You're so white. I'm so You're right. So I'm white. so white, right? Uh, just white. like three three of these nominees. Ooh, anyway. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Uh, you know, I maybe think... you should read them for this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read. I've seen four out of the five of these movies. I haven't seen Causeway, but I really love Brian Tyree Henry. I think I he's making a lot him. of. I think he's making a lot of really great career choices right now. I mean, he's been in a lot of things. I thought he was, his voice performance in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was quite good. 
Um, mm-hmm. He was Miles's dad in that movie, and I thought he really did a great job in that. He was in Eternals. Rip. Uh, so was Big Barry Keoghan. They both. But he was. All, he was. In, but he was also in Bullet Train. He was, he was great in Bullet in Train. Too. He was great like, in Bullet Train, and he was in the show Atlanta, which I haven't seen all of it, but in the episodes that I have seen, he's been really, really good in them. Uh, overall, he's just a great actor, and this was like yeah. kind of a out of left field pick. So glad to see sure, him I'm, getting. You know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but like, even if he doesn't get it, like. You know, you get an Oscar nom, it opens up a lot of things. It I does. Think. So, like, I mean, they so, can like, put that's... Academy Award nominee Brian Tyree Henry in their trailer. They can. Now, no, so. like, actually, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think, um, like, it opens up a lot of things for him. And that would be really good because I would love to see him in more stuff. Yeah. Because um, he's really great. Uh, yeah. The we were talking about this boys... before. Oh, come on. This is what happens when we, when you record on Zoom, ladies. Yeah, and you're right. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, let's you, go ahead and go. talk about uh, Judd Hirsch then. Uh, Judd Hirsch is in the Fablements, which we're talking about that movie today, so we'll probably go into yeah. more details about that. But he's not in the movie for that long. I do want to put that out there. He's in there for one pretty big scene. Um, and we've seen that before, you know? Yeah. Um, like, again, it's happened before where there's like 15 minutes of screen time and they get a nomination or even win it sometimes. Um, it's not unheard of, but usually it's for something like, like Anthony Hopkins won for Hannibal Lecter. Believe it or not, he's only in that movie for 15 minutes. A lot of people forget that. A lot of people forget that because, but he's so memorable though. Like when I think of Silence of the Lambs, I'm going to be honest. I think of him. I really do. No, everyone does. Everyone does. They go to like Jodie Foster is the main character. People think of Anthony Hopkins and he's in the movie for 15 minutes. That's just how good he is. Like that's how much of an impact he leaves on the on the exactly. movie. Um, Judd Hirsch does is not that. In, oh, in but this that's movie. like an unfair. That's comparison. not. I know. I know. <laughs> but like, but like that's when I'm like, okay, this person has like a good shot to win here. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, but, no, I don't think. That being said, like for those 50 minutes, like there's some like really complex performing going yeah. on there, and like, the writing really, in really his scene stuff. is just absolutely impeccable. Um, oh yeah, yeah and. Yeah. But we'll get into it. We're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, but the Banshees boys are in here being Brendan Gleeson, Barry Keoghan. Again, I liked both of their performances. I think the yeah, movie's both- well acted. So, Yeah, they're both good. Um, but there is uh, a clear front runner in this race. And clear. if I could tell you, if I could pick one award that I could say that is winning, uh, it's this one. I can tell you absolutely 100% for a fact, unless they really hate people. Um is Ki Hui Kwan and everything everywhere all at once. First of all, his performance is amazing in that movie. He's amazing. He's amazing. His his physicality, the way he switches between um, different performances, he's incredible. Yeah, Um, and I rewatched this movie, I've seen it three times now actually, and uh, I rewatched this movie with my mom uh, a couple, like last week or something, and I really forgot how good he and Michelle Yeoh both are in this movie. I mean, the other two I think are still good, but the those two, like Kiku Kwan and Michelle Yeoh in this movie are like on another level, I think. I, I'm just so happy that they're getting recognition. But also Hollywood loves the comeback story that he has right now, being yeah. that, you know, he wasn't acting for a while. He was in Indiana Jones and now he's going and winning, you know, this award. And it also literally be like maybe a viral speech with like yeah. how much I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> I watched his Golden Globe speech and it was... 
I mean, dude, yeah, I especially because Spielberg's nominated too, and like Spielberg was the one who cast him in Indiana yeah. Jones, and like uh, it's just, dude, give that guy just cash and love. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, just like yeah, he should he should win that. Yeah, uh, you're gonna read these now. I am. We have the next category, which is actress in a leading role, which I think is the most controversial category, if I'm being honest, uh, at the the Oscars right now. Uh, Kate Blanchett for Tar, Ana de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, Let's Mm. get the good ones out of the way. I think you've only seen two of these movies. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, so you've uh, seen the Fablemans and everything everywhere. Right? I've I've seen the the Michelles. You've seen the Michelles, yeah. You have seen the Michelles. Did you see well, Blonde or no? Uh, no. <laughs> I tried to watch Blonde, uh, and I could I not get is, through it. I, I heard and, it is and, slightly pornographic. It is, and here's the thing: I it takes a lot for me to not watch a movie. I do want to put that out there. Like, even if I don't like a movie, I will still finish it out because I'm of the opinion that you know, if, to call something bad, you need to have seen the whole thing. Yeah. Um, th- this one, I I couldn't do it, man. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I could not do it. Um, it was incredibly misogynistic. I don't know if that oh, was Jesus. like what they were trying to go for. Sometimes Honestly, that works. Sometimes that works. One of the like when I was when I did feminist film in uh, um, a college class, uh, like the movie that we watched was like a movie that was like insanely misogynistic. But that's the point: is you get like so fed up and you want this person to stand up for themselves. So that I is guess, sometimes like a thing. But like, I don't know, man. I just don't know about this. I, d- I don't know about this one. It man. depends on how it's. It depends on how it's like portrayed and how it's done, right? I really like don't. And it gave me like flashbacks to men, which you never want to do ever, <laughs> uh, ever in your life. You don't ever want to do that. <laughs> um, God, we need like a Razzies just for us. Yeah, literally. I mean, Ana de Armas. She wasn't bad, but like, I don't know. It's I, here's the thing. Sometimes when people give like a really bold and brave performance, which you cannot deny that that is not. You're right. If you don't know, if you don't know about this movie, it's like about Marilyn Monroe and essentially it's a lot of sex scenes. Like yeah. a ton of them. <laughs> yeah. Like NC-17 like sex yeah. scenes. Like it's rated NC-17. Yeah. So. Yeah, because, well also because the MPAA sucks. True. Um, You're right. Honestly, should this be rated NC-17 versus fucking like Saving Private Ryan, which is like so much more fun. Whatever. Anyway. Anyway. But like, um, no, it's a very brave performance. Like, you can't deny that. Yeah, Um, but it's just like, I don't know, man. I'm not sure about this one. Because Danielle Deadweiler, who was in a movie called Till, which you haven't seen. No. um, Oh, yeah. She is incredible in that movie. She's so good. And I'm so glad. It's also the movie is a really good thing to watch. It's not easy to watch because it's about Mamie Till, who's Emmett Till's mom. Emmett Till was a 14-year-old boy that was very famously lynched uh, by a white family. And I believe it's actually he and his dad were both. Um, But they had an open casket funeral and basically people were able to see what they did to him, this 14-year-old kid. Um, And Mamie Till was his mom and she was a big civil rights activist. And it's a hard movie to watch, it is. But she's amazing in it. And uh, to not see her here, I was really, really kind of sad. But yeah, 
Uh, Michelle um, Williams and Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh gave an amazing performance. I'm not really Michelle Yeoh you know. is really great, but like Michelle Williams is also really amazing. She also I, was really good. Yeah. I like. I mean, we'll get into my thoughts, but like Michelle Yeoh is a. Uh, sorry, <laughs> too, many, too many Michelles. Um, Michelle Williams is like a huge highlight of the Fablemans. Yeah. Um, I think it will go to Michelle Yeoh. I know it's on not. Ju- just based on no, it's going to Kate Blanchett for sure, man. Oh fuck! And really? uh, I've seen Tar. I think she's really good in Tar. I think she, it's probably her best performance I've seen. I liked Michelle Yeoh's performance better, but I also liked the movie better. So I don't know if that's just me liking the movie better or if it's me liking the performance better. I wouldn't be mad if it went to anyone except for Anna Taylor. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> well, I honestly don't care. Yeah. And moving on. Uh, we have actress in a supporting role. Uh, Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow for The Whale. Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere All at Once. So let's get the elephant out of the room. Black Panther is in this. Kind of crazy. The first MCU acting nomination ever. Yeah. Uh, not the first now, comic book movie performance because we've had a few. Jo- I think this is the first one that's not the Joker, though. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, anyway, but like we came away from that movie being like, yeah, the best performance was Angela Bassett. Um, so I am glad it would. It was her. Um, and, she, and I, I think do- this is her first first nomination. No way that's no, her first. No, it's not. No, it's not. I think she, she, nominated for she probably X? got one for playing T- Tina Turner. Oh, wait. You're right. She probably oh, got yeah. one for playing Tina Turner. But she's Turner. never won. She's never won. She's never won. She's never won. And, and she's I a think powerhouse. she's an amazing actress. And she is amazing in the movie. That's the thing. She really is. <laughs> um, You know a lot more about the, about like where the trends are with, um, with Oh, who's going to win? The front runner? Yeah. So yeah. who's the front runner? Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett is the front runner. She's one of the Critics' Choice. She wins the Golden Globe. She got a BAFTA nomination. She got a SAG nomination. So I think after the SAGs, we'll kind of know for sure if she's kind of a lock. Because last year, we had uh, that one kid from The Power of the Dog that I can't remember his name. Uh, But he won the Golden Globe. But then Troy Kotzer became the front runner as time went on. Uh, But I think the other guy only won like once. I don't know. But... Troy Kotzer was awesome. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but Angela Bassett's for sure the front runner. I would say that maybe second would be Carrie Condon, but I think it's going to be Carrie Condon. Bassett. Carrie Condon is very is very very good. Um, I think she's, she's a bri- great. She's yeah. she's kind of like the brightest spot in that movie, and she's very needed. Um, and she's in Better Call Saul. <laughs> and she's in Better Call Saul. That's true. Uh, Hong um, Chow was great in the menu. I haven't seen the whale, but she was great in the we menu. We haven't seen the whale yet. We gotta see the whale. So yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Zhu. Shu. Shoe, thank you. Yeah. Um, and Stephanie Shoe. Both of those were good performances. I would I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis should have gone. <laughs> You're a hater. You're a hater. I She's the Activia yogurt lady. <laughs> Dude, I don't think I don't think she needs. I don't think I she don't needs, know. Deserves, She's never been she nominated before. Long. I think this is what like That's a career. Cool. I mean, that is cool. Like, and, I, I get you know, it. That's cool. She she's kind of like an icon in Hollywood. So I mean, yeah, but like Stephanie Shoe was like way better she was better than jamie lee curtis but i also don't think that either of those two come even close to the other two people in that movie um if you're comparing things you're you're totally correct yeah yeah. um but overall you know 
I'm not mad about any of these nominations. No one was really left out except for maybe Janelle Monae. She was the only one who I would Janelle Monae want to say. They were really I, great I, in that movie. I would have been fine with subbing out Jamie Lee Curtis for Janelle Monae, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, but overall, animated good, good feature category. film. Animated feature film. Uh, we have Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Marcel the Shell with, with shoes on. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. The Sea Beast. And Turning Red. I've seen three of these five. I've seen one. I've seen three of these five. Oh, no. Wait, which one did you see? The Sea Beast. You saw the Sea Beast? I didn't. I saw the Sea Beast, yeah. Is it good? That's pretty good. Okay. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's a little... <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, sometimes the animation sounds a little strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it uh, um, Turning Red is solid. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it was really great for representation. I think that's the main thing that I really loved about that movie. Um, and telling yeah. kind of the Asian American story as I am an Asian American myself. Uh, even though she's Canadian, I'm pretty sure. But you know, it's okay. It's similar. Uh, Asian Canadian stories matter too. Come on. Oh, you're right. They're very uh, different from the. We, the I, um, I vetoed Marcel Lachelle for. Yeah, some I'm reason. still mad about that. <laughs> you should be. Yeah. That was a dumb freaking, thing. Freaking, you, you were Dude, like, I'm just, not seeing Marcel the show with shoes. I was just like, I was just like, I, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I <laughs> heard it was good. I was just like, eh, fuck I it. heard it was cute. Um, uh, and I've seen Puss and Boots the Last Wish. I saw it two days ago, and it is quite good. We won't be talking about it on the podcast, but. It's definitely yeah. a hard recommend for me. I think if you're just kind of looking to see a movie that's fun, uh, Puss in Boots is really great. Um, so yeah, but I really recommend it. I think there's only one that... There's sometimes where like an animated film, especially when they like trend towards more adult themes, like Yamal Del Toro's Pinocchio is like... It's on another level. Uh, it's really... It, it, it really does like transcend its medium to an extent. And like yeah. that is... Like when you're talking animated films, like Pixar is really great and generally like can can have those transform it like like up obviously yeah. um like you don't even notice that's animated sometimes uh, or yeah. you like don't even think about it like that mm-hmm. um Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is on that level like it it's just is. you know it's just and, a fantastically written movie yeah and i i'm really happy that it's getting the love and that is clearly the front runner right now yeah. um overall i think it was actually a pretty uh i mean obviously that's a pretty I think good year for animation honestly. pretty good year that's for animation like, and Disney honestly did not have a great year. <laughs> Bro, it was honest. just one Disney movie in there. Yeah. <clears throat> That's exactly. crazy. And That's even then, Turning crazy. Red, a lot of people didn't like. Um, Dude, it's one Disney movie and it's, and it's I mean, it's Pixar Disney, right? Yeah. Like, like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, DreamWorks yeah. had a really good year this year with Puss in Boots. And then I heard The Bad Guys was quite good. Yeah, um, people like The Bad Guys. And so, you know, good job for DreamWorks, I guess. You know, they did Turbo, but, you know, it's <laughs> 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 Do you know how long I've gone without thinking about Turbo? Do you know how, Do you know what you fucked up for me? Do you know what you fucked for me? God damn it! Okay. Cinematography. Okay. Cinematography. Uh, we've got All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo. I'm not gonna read the rest of it. Uh, Elvis, Empire of Light, Tar. Uh, those are the five. Bardo, just so you guys know, if, if people don't know, it's the latest film from Alejandro G. Inuritu, uh, who's a very famous director. He did The Revenant. He did, um, uh, he did Birdman. Birdman, you know, a lot of those ones. Um, those yeah. are the probably his two most famous ones. But uh, I didn't see it. I heard it was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much all I got on that one. 
Um, and then Empire of Light stars Olivia Coleman, and it got very mixed reviews. However, Roger Deakins did do the cinematography for that movie. Uh, so you got it. Which means that it, it got nominated. I mean, it's called Empire of Light, and man literally works with light for a yeah. living. Like, come on. I mean, you're just you're just giving it to him at this point. Like, um, all quiet oh, on the Sam western Ma- front. Oh, I'm Sam s- Mendes. Yeah, he works with Sam Mendes, uh, and it was Sam no, Mendes know, who did Empire he, Light, right? I know. I, yeah, you know that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's yeah, Sam Mendes did Empire Light, director of 1917 and uh, Skyfall, and this one production of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that I saw on tour, and it was really, really good. It was like way too good. It definitely didn't yeah. need to be that good, but it was. And American Beauty, the movie where Kevin Spacey, you know, tries to have a relationship with a younger. Much high a high schooler. That is that that age poorly. It's a great look nowadays <laughs> for Sam Mendes. Anyways, um, um, all quiet on, on the. I heard it was all quiet on the. The cinematography yeah. is actually, like I said, the cinematography manages to be, um, both like show you all of the big things, and show it realistically while also being very very artistic. That's great. Um, and never being like intensely showy or or cinematic in like the pejorative way. Um, it's a re- I think it's actually a really really like a triumph of cinematography. Yeah. Um, like to use like a fucking Oscar word. Yeah. <laughs> like it's no like it's ser- I I honestly that was my favorite cinematography I've seen all year. Um, I'm really excited to see it. I really am. I am very very excited uh, because it's I'm it, sure it'll it, be great. It, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I haven't seen Tar yet. Is Tar, the reason why it got nominated is because there's one scene in the movie that's all in one take. Um, it's like oh 15 God, minutes and it's all in one take, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, I think that movie is really good and I think that that scene is probably the best scene in the movie. However, I don't think it's because of the camera work. I think it's because of the acting and the script. That's why yeah. I think that was good. I don't think anything crazy is happening there because again, <laughs> say what you will about Elvis, at least the at least the cinematography was doing something interesting. I don't know how to explain it, but dude, <laughs> I mean, at least it was doing oh something. My god, right? Oh my god, oh, I just hate Baz Luhrmann. I hate <laughs> him so fucking much, dude. All the Moulin Rouge fans hate you, just so you know. I, just I want to put dude, that out there. fucking come at me, come at me, bitches. <laughs> Like I hate, I hate him. Uh, he sucks. I think no one else, no one else, mo- no one other movie sucks what? that people don't talk about enough. Great Gatsby, Great Gatsby sucks. It's a bad adaptation, but it's okay because it's, it's, it's PD now. Adapta- it's PD it's a now. bad. It's a bad adaptation, except for Leonardo DiCaprio. He's great. Um, and, and okay, and Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. And cool. don't forget, there's that meme from that movie of Leonardo DiCaprio holding his glass up. That was like the most important thing that came out of that movie. That actually may have been the most impactful thing. Um, (laughs) Which is sad. Anyway. Uh, There's a very notable accession from cinematography. Uh, And Top Gun Maverick not being here is a crime, in my opinion. I feel like that was the reason why that movie was so good. Uh, Besides Tom Cruise doing his own stunts. But the cinematography of that movie is like amazing. They Uh, like adapted new cameras to be able to like do it inside the cockpit. They, I think, honestly, I mean, I think another one that could be on here is um, Avatar. Yeah, I mean, like, like <laughs> Avatar: The Way of Water could definitely be. On it could have. Uh, I'm not as mad about that one as I am about. I Top know, Gun. but like, because with, yeah, no, Top, with Avatar, yeah. you know, they did a lot of mocap stuff, and there was also we don't know how much was VFX. Uh, but yeah. 
I just, I mean, I cannot believe Top Gun was not on here. Uh, it's ridiculous the fact that Top Gun was not on here and freaking Elvis yeah. was. <laughs> Dude, I mean, oh like, look, Top Gun, I, I, it, it's so well, like, the thing about, like, the final act of that movie and, like, how well shot that is with, like, the planes going over that ridge and thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many shots that are, like, perfectly impactful and, like, um, all the shots in the desert are really... Like, it's mostly in those action scenes. Like, I get it. Like, in the two shots, they're just two shots. But, but you like, don't need anything special for those scenes. Yeah, I know. I, no, I agree with you. I think, like, when that movie needed to absolutely destroy on its cinematography, it did better than it needed to. Like, yeah. it was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Costumes. So, breeze through these. Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, everything everywhere all at once, and Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Yeah. I didn't see it. <laughs> Is it good? No, I didn't see it, but I, it's, a, it's a movie about an old lady going to Paris. I Let's go. Come on. Come on. She wears it's, cool outfits. <laughs> so cool. No, she goes to Paris to become a designer or nice. to, like, to become, to like go to like Prada or some shit. <laughs> Okay, you know, hey, Mrs. Harris nice. goes first. Let's go. All I could say is I was just kind of, even though I haven't seen the movie, I'm glad that All Quiet on the Western Front was not nominated here. It got nominated a lot of places. I was really glad it didn't get uh, nominated yeah. here because like army outfits for everyone. I don't know, man. About that. <laughs> but they're really well done. But they have all the like hand the handmade buttons and stuff. I don't know, dude. What the fuck is Elvis's costume design? Uh you you had Elvis. I hate yeah, I know. It <laughs> It's such an easy. It's such an. I hate Baslerm. It's such an easy thing to nominate. Everything everywhere all at once. Hell yeah! Give that. Yeah, because her costume's really awesome, especially Stephanie's shoes. Yeah, like like Stephanie's shoes were were really great, and like so were all Michelle Yeohs. Because remember, there's all those different flashbacks to those Mm -hmm. different lives and stuff. Like they really killed it with all the costumes. Black Panther also happy to be there. Yeah, it should be. Oh my god, it should be for sure. I mean, they uh, like updated the costumes in in like Wakanda, and like and like it still felt very like lived in for that world. So exactly, that. both there and Talokan, both great, you know. Yeah. Them, so, um, and uh, then Babylon. I don't know. Hollywood loves to jack itself off. So sure. Actually, Babylon got did not get that much love. It didn't even get a best picture nom. So yeah, no, but they, that's because. Babylon came out the same year as Fablemans, right? So they just oh, subbed they in the Fablemans. And like, Dude, okay, <laughs> we'll get to do it later. <laughs> uh, directing is next. is a big category, obviously. It's a big one. Uh, the Banshees of Inisherin, Martin McDonough for that. Daniel Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar. And Ruben Ostland for uh, Triangle of Sadness. Have not seen Triangle of Sadness. Heard it was pretty the f- good. The fuck is that from? Uh, it's like, oh, is his name? Like, no, no. Where's <laughs> what country is Triangle of Fat? Is that it's American film? That, it's Swedish it's, director. Okay, Woody Harrelson's in it. Uh, it's like comedy, like black comedy kind of thing. Uh, I, do like I heard comedies. it was. I heard it was good. It's really long. It's like every movie this year is so freaking long, dude. That I is just, true. I just hate it. Um, it's like two and a half hours, but you know, whatever. Uh. I'm not really mad about any of these picks. I've seen no, four think, of the five. I think they all should have should have gotten it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Tar and Primal Sadness, but uh, Tar is um, really well directed. It's really well directed. I I think there are some that like we could sneer about and be like, oh, that should be in there. Yeah. But you have a good mix of like new and upcoming directors, and then like mm-hmm. directors who always get nominated, right? Yeah. So it's 
I think there's a good mix there. The main um, thing I was really surprised to not see is because All Quiet on the Western Front got a lot of love, and uh, the director of that, which I forgot his name, I think it's the last name is Berger, mm-hmm. um, but he was not nominated, which I was really surprised about because he kind of, uh, <clears throat> you know, I I just heard that that movie was really good. It surprised me that he wasn't nominated, especially got nominated a lot of other places. So you know, no, whatever. Uh, I think the front runner for this category, it's a tie right now. I would say between Daniels and Steven Spielberg. Um, I would give it to either. I don't, I don't really I, mind yeah, which I'd other be fine one. with that, like either yeah. re- really. Um, I'd kind of prefer the Daniels. Um, like Especially because Steven Spielberg once before. but Spielberg's had his moment. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, if Steven Spielberg were going to win for directing, I would have preferred it be last year, but whatever. Yeah, but it's okay. I mean, again, I, I think both yeah. of those picks are very good, you know. Um, let's go on to the category that we don't know shit about. Um, Documentaries. <laughs> both of them. We don't know any of we these. We don't know anything. Uh, but I heard that Fire of Love is good. That's all I can Fire say. Fire of Love. That's that's the lock. Yeah. <laughs> that's the lock right there. Someone's uh, the vacuuming behind me, by the way. So, Rip. super sorry if that, can, <laughs> if that is coming through. Documentary, uh, documentary shorts, short film. We don't know Nothing. any of them. <laughs> sorry. I, got, I don't even, couldn't even tell you a front runner. Yeah, I couldn't. Either, so. <laughs> so, really sorry about that one. Yeah, uh, film editing: Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, Top Gun Maverick. I'm glad uh, Top Gun Top Gun Maverick got the nom. That's good. Yes, and um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Everything I, if everywhere that did not get nominated, I would have how like, the f- been so mad. How the <laughs> fuck is Boz Lerman's crack coke cocaine <laughs> editing? In this over the Fablemans. I, that, I was so mad about fuck? that. The Fablemans the did not get an editing nomination. I was like, you've got to be The Fablemans is so well edited. <laughs> it's so well edited. Fablemans is so, so well fucking edited. Like the pacing <laughs> in that, like, it, they, it's, oh my God. ridiculous. And they freaking had this, Elvis in his stupid, like, cocaine editing. More cuts <laughs> is not good editing. Oh my I think God. there's only one Fuck film this. on here that you can be like more cuts is good at editing and it's everything everywhere all at once in <laughs> Top Gun, but even Top Gun didn't have that Dude, much. Even Top Gun was like, nah, you need like some, some like longer shots to make it feel better. And I'm like, thank you. I kind of want to rewatch yeah, yeah, this just to Bass see. Lerman is like, Baz Luhrmann, it will take a conversation between two people and cut and make a hundred cuts. And I'm like, dude, how much, oh my God, how much fucking coverage does this guy shoot? Like, how many sh- fucking, like, he's got, like, David Fincher-level amounts of coverage right. with, like, bullshit. Yeah. Like, absolutely bullshit editors. Oh God. God, I fucking hate Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> we, okay, film editing, please, please go to Everything Everywhere All, all Once or Banshees of Inisherin. I, I think it's going to be Everything Everywhere or Top Gun. I think those are the two that are the front runner. Well, runner. that'd be cool if it was Top Gun. Honestly, I wouldn't be, be mad if it was either of those two. I think Banshee's insurance editing was, was fine. Just because you don't like it. It's I don't fine. like the it's movie. Yeah, I know you don't like it. I think, the, I think it was pretty well edited, honestly. Fine. Um, <laughs> international feature film, All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985. I heard that's amazing. I have um, to. Close, EO, The Quiet Girl. We all know what the front runner is. <laughs> the front runner is all quiet on the Western. <laughs> yeah, uh, usually really, the one, usually the foreign film that has like a bunch of other nominations. The that's the, one. the front runner. <laughs> like, I will say, it's like it's, it's like imagine if Parasite won Best Picture and didn't win did Best Picture. <laughs> that would have been so funny. That would have been so funny, honestly. <laughs> it's okay. Um, um, I, I will say again, though, there's a the really only one notable, uh, except like. Uh, what am I trying to say? 
There's a notable exception here. Yeah, not exception, but like, uh, like disclude. Not it's not included. Uh, I don't know which word I'm looking for. Um, but anyway, uh, decision to leave, which is directed by Park Chan Wook, who has directed mm. one of my favorite movies I've ever seen, which is called The Handmaiden. When Michael and I were in this like film club kind of thing over COVID, we watched this film. Uh, our mutual friend Cass recommended it to us. And we watched it for this, and I was blown away by that movie. Mm. Uh, it was amazing. It's so good. Uh, and Park Chan-wook directed that, and he directed Decision to Leave. I haven't seen Decision to Leave because it's only streaming on Mubi, uh, which I don't Fuck. have. Damn. So I can't see it, but I've heard it's amazing. So And it wasn't yeah. nominated, which is kind of sad. Um, yeah, I mean, other than I don't really know much about Close, EO, or... The Quiet Girl. The, yeah, um, The Quiet Girl. I've heard Argentina 1985 is pretty incredible. Yeah, um, I have heard that too. Yeah, I like I heard it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, um, makeup and hair. We got All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. Um, kind of a mixed bag here, or, yeah. or at least like kind of a, a little atypical for Oscar <clears> stuff. Because, <throat> um, I mean, because they, they have it the seems fat like there's suits a, in there. Dude, there's a lot of like just prosthetics work in this um right yeah. now. Like the Batman, Black Panther, and Elvis have a and the and the, and whale. the whale. Like yeah. all like huge prosthetic performances going on. Yeah. Um All Quiet on the West Front is like it's, it's like just the like, blood and the dirt. No, it's man. just like it's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of really, really great like battle like mm-hmm. um makeup um stuff going on and like uh, like dirt on people's faces. Um, there's a lot going on with it, and it all looks like very realistic. But I don't know. I feel like based on how the nominations are trending, they're going to give it to like uh, maybe the whale. I think probably or, the whale because they made Brendan Fraser kind of you know look like really really obese. Really, really yeah. obese <laughs> yeah, and so I think that's probably the favorite to win. Either that or all quiet. I don't know. <clears throat> I could be all quiet on the Western front. I mean, that's the larger job if we're talking, yeah. if we're being honest here. Like, um, that's like a huge team that had to get everything really, really well coordinated. So, um, yeah. yeah. Music. I know you've got opinions on this one. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, all quiet on the Western front, uh, Babylon, the Banshees of Anna Sharon, everything everywhere all at once. And the Fablemans. Uh, where is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? <laughs> Pinocchio I am yeah. so mad about that. The score in that movie is so freaking good. It's, I haven't seen Babylon and I haven't seen All Quiet yet, but it's better than all of these, if I'm being honest. I think it is better than all of these. Uh, and I am so mad about this. And look, I love everything everywhere all at once. I love that movie. The score in that movie is nothing of note. I am very yeah. sorry. Uh, it is not anything that is... You know, it's not like Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. You're not, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna write home about it. It's fine. It's fine. It it does its job, but it's I don't remember a single thing about the score from that movie. I'm gonna be completely honest. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Same thing for me with Fablemans. I didn't like really Yeah, and it's John, John Williams, Williams, but you gotta give it to John Williams because it's the second to last score he's ever doing. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then you have to give us a nomination to Justin Horowitz because, you know, La La Land. Yeah. But Justin Hurwitz also, first of all, I have heard that the score in that movie is absolutely bonkers, incredible. Uh, even okay. people who said that they didn't like the movie, they said the score is amazing. And I'm going to be honest, Justin Hurwitz, I think, is one of the best composers working and scoring right now. 
I saw okay. First Man. And I didn't even like First Man that much, but the score in that movie was amazing. <laughs> Um, that counts. Yeah. And, yeah, and and in Whiplash as well. Oh my God, the score in that movie is so good too. You know, it's like, I mean, yeah. Okay, so huge snub there for Pinocchio, but eh, fuck very it. mad. Uh, and that's going to uh, continue into the next next category. Uh, we have applause from Pellet Like a Tell Woman. It. Hold my hand from Top Gun Maverick. This is an original song, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Lift me up from Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Uh, not to, not to from RRR, and this is life from everything, everywhere, all at once. All right, I'm gonna I be have, honest. I have no opinions on any of these, by the way. Here's, I have big opinions on this category. I'm gonna be <laughs> what honest. The fuck? But, okay. but in general, I just in general, okay. I think that this song, this this um like category, should be for mo- songs that are in the movie, not I during agree. the credits of the movie. I just get so mad about this because I can tell you, first of all, there is a Dan Merle quote that I just love uh, when he was going all the nominations. He said, Diane Warren could fart into a mic, put it in a movie, and then she would get nominated that year, which I think is hilarious because it's so true. Jesus <laughs> like, and I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah, but there's only one song in this list that was actually in the movie and it's not to not to. And if that movie, that song doesn't win, I'm going to be pissed off. Uh, RRR is amazing. I really think it was snubbed for Best Picture, but, you know, it's okay. Yeah, it probably was. Uh, and, and international film, actually. International. But it wasn't eligible because India didn't submit it. Because they oh, thought they were it. they were in a we don't talk about Bruno situation where they didn't know what they had on their hands. <laughs> so uh, yeah, They didn't even submit it. Because uh, each country has to submit a film and they didn't submit RRR. Um, but, mm. you know... This is another one where I was like, this is a life from everything everywhere. I don't even remember that song. It played during the credits. No. I listened to it. Again, nothing of note, if I'm being honest. Where is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? Ciao, Papa. That song in that movie was... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, right? Right? I was this so some mad. Bullshit. Because yeah. also, that song is in the movie. When I think of best original song at the Oscars, the first one that comes to mind is always um, Lose Yourself from 8 Mile. That song is a very, very notable part Mom's, of that movie. It's a very not mom spaghetti moment of that movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's such a meme. It's such a meme. it's such a good song, but it's such a meme. But no, anyway, but you're you're right. You're you get right. what I'm saying. Anyway. Instead they have all instead they have like just songs that you can honestly just tack on for no reason. Yeah, exactly. Um okay. not your Dutch's we, favorite right now though. So we will uh this is the last big category, and then we should be able to kind of breeze through the rest of these. Um mm-hmm. but this is the biggest category. Uh so next we have Best Picture. Nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking. Nope, real huge snubs here. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, if I had to say personally which ones I would have loved to see, I would have loved to see RRR in here. You haven't seen yeah. it. I think it's really great. Um, I would have loved to see that movie in here. And the other one that I would have loved to see, but it just, it didn't have enough love at the Oscars was Nope. That was the other one that I really liked yeah. this year. Yeah, we would have liked to see Nope, but, um, uh, but it's, okay. it was, it, it's kind of divisive, so I get it. But like, I get it, but I really loved it. I mean, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like they did nominate the full ten, which we appreciate, right? Like they, they always do now. They yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Which they could have like left off Top Gun, Maverick, and Avatar if this were another year. But instead, they nominate them. They nominated the big um 
big budget ones, yeah. which I appreciate. Um, yeah. Because I think both of those deserve to be on here. Yeah. I um, really do think that both of these are important okay, movies. I don't, that, I don't fucking think Top Gun deserves to be on here. It's I, fine. I, I, it's okay. I'm not, I, I'm not mad about it. It's they like, nominated half a movie because you know <laughs> the other half is dog shit. The other half is not great. I mean, if we're being honest, the story they nominated is really half a fucking movie. movie. It's fine. <laughs> the love interest it's is fun. garbage. It's it's okay. It's Dude, fine. Dude, the planes what, were no, awesome. <laughs> you know what makes me mad about this? What? Is like, they'll nominate Top Gun Maverick but they won't nominate like Mission Impossible 6 when that is a way that, better, better okay, movie. I said this to my brother and I wholeheartedly agree with it. I think that people's reaction to Top Gun Maverick is the reaction I would have loved to see for Mission Impossible 6. It's just, uh, you know, like like the nostalgia bait worked so hard with Top Gun yeah. Maverick, but whatever. It's um, okay. Yeah. We still haven't seen Triangle Sadness or Women Talking. Yeah, there are three I haven't seen on here. I think same for you, right? But instead yeah, of you three. not seeing All Quiet, you haven't seen Tar. Yeah, exactly. Like, correct? Um, well, those are, yeah, those are two flop those. And then we'll still need to see Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking. Um, uh, women Talking is the only one on here that's under two hours. Do you want to put that out there? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think, there are, I think there are actually, no, there's only one movie that's over three hours and it's Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> But I think Fine. every single other movie on here is around two and a half to two forty-five. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once. No, that's two twenty, and Fablemans is two twenty. Two ten. Yeah, okay. I think. yeah. Um, uh, but everything else is around like two forty. Dude, fuck it. Oh my. Oh God. no, wait. Top, just, Top Gun's also two twenty. Yeah, Top Gun's pretty short. Um, it's okay. Like it's just one of those movies, or one of those years where people just wanted to make the long ass movies, movies, but whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, which is but, weird because it's not like a movie with any like gigantic prestige dramas. No. Like if we're being really honest, no, um, there's no Irishman this year, right? No, like yeah, there's nothing. Is, like this would be the perfect year for a movie like that to come in and just sweep. But mm-hmm. you don't got yeah. anything like that this year. Yeah, I um, would say that like the front runners right now are Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, or The Banshees of Inisherin. I would say it's between those three right now. Yeah, um, but because um, those were the. But I don't know, honestly. I, I again, I think I'd still hope for it to be everything everywhere all at once. I mean, I think yeah. it's both of our favorite movies of last year, right? So no, not for me. Oh shit! No, we'll get into it later because we're talking about it. <laughs> Pinocchio. Oh my god! Not Pinocchio. Not Pokemon. Pinocchio. The other one. It's not the Fablemans, is it? It is the Fablemans. What the fuck? Okay, we're gonna get into. I that. really enjoyed that movie, but it's okay. okay. Production design: All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, Fablemans. Um. Yeah, not not mad at any of these. Happy uh, to see Avatar on here. Uh, very happy yeah, to see that one. Yeah, even though they're CG environments, like those are still designed. Okay, bitches. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Uh, get off. But get I would say this. main thing I was sad about was Glass Onion not being here. Glass Onion had an amazing production. <laughs> Glass design. Onion did have a great production design. So yeah, you know, um, whatever. Fableman's production design was like fine. It was fine. I would. It was I like, think it was it's like, like high schools and shit. Like, yeah, fucking, exactly. I was like, I don't know. About this one, I would have again. I would have loved to see Glass Onion on here, but it's okay. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, short film stuff again. We know none we, of we these. just don't know anything. I'm sorry, but yeah. I do think uh, my year of dicks is a really funny name. Uh, <laughs> I agree. My my year of dicks is a very funny name. <laughs> uh, mm. But anyway, uh, go on to sound. 
which they split up from sound design and sound mixing because no one knew what those were, the Oscars. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Being all quiet on the Western front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. Yo, this is going to go to fucking Elvis. If it does, I'm going to be mad. I don't think it goes to Elvis. Elvis, I I, I swear to God, it's going to be I would be fine with any of the movies here except for Elvis. I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't love it if it were the Batman either. The Batman is just just like, no, the Batman is like base boosting everything, like fucking effect in the. Dude, but it's still it's like a car start. A car starts, and they're like, "We want you to feel the car start in your <laughs> fucking thighs." And like, uh, fucking I was shit. sad to not see the Batman for score because the score in that movie was really good. It's pretty too. good, yeah. Um, um, but it's okay. No, uh, but uh, Avatar: The Way of Water, yeah, definitely. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, sound. definitely, definitely. Yeah, great I choice. It's a war movie. Yeah, it's a war. It's a war movie. War movies are really easy to get real technical with the sound stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it should go Top Gun Maverick though. Yeah, Top Gun Maverick killed sure. it absolutely. They, they um, absolutely kill it. VFX this is a or, tough one this year, except for the fact that Avatar is in there. Avatar is just going to win, dude, and you can't win. be mad about it. <laughs> no, sorry. I can't. Like, I have no, I have no reason to be mad about it. It's literally visual effects. <laughs> all quiet on the western. <laughs> all quiet on the western front. Avatar, the Batman, Black Panther, and Top Gun. Everything um, that isn't Avatar uh, is getting fucked. Yeah, uh, Avatar is going to win. Yeah, I I think that it's it's not close. I think this is another one where it's, it's not, really it's not, not close. close. It shouldn't be uh, close. Like it sh- absolutely. But I mean, again, I think that the other movies all did great. Um, like I guarantee. So you know how they do like the technical Oscars, um, like the day before. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the world sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guarantee Avatar is going to get a ton of those. Yeah, like, I I think so too. Should. But I actually think that they're including it in the show this year. From last time no, they they include some of them. I think that they are including all of them because of the backlash from last year. No, 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 no. Wait, they'll show the technical Oscars, like the big ones. I'm saying, do you know how they have like? Do you not know have like the Oscar like ceremony that's hosted by like two celebrities like the night before? No, for all of oh, they do. Like they have like a whole thing for like the actual people who make you know Hollywood. Run. Oh, they have like a they have like a party, right? No, it's like a production Oscars, and they like nominate like people who've made like ach- like technical achievements. Oh, we'll talk about this later. It's fine. Anyway, anyway oh, writing adapted screenplay. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, um, Living, Top Gun Maverick, Women Talking. Adapted? Where is the whale? Where is the whale? The whale? Yeah, yeah. That one adapted was really weird. Screenplay? Yeah, and adapted screenplay means that it's based on an existing property. I do want to put that oh, out there. Oh, so okay. Glass Onion is technically based on Knives Out, which he already wrote. So that's why it's an adapted. And Top Gun Maverick is technically based on Top Gun, the, the 1982 one. Uh, okay. Why is Top Gun here? I'm sorry. Yeah, Top Gun's no. fucking stupid. That's stupid the, as shit. That's so stupid. Uh, we like we'll praise that movie, but we'll, we praise it for the technical action scenes, which are yeah. The screenplay fun. was pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. It's re- uh, that's so <laughs> stupid. Oh god, it's really bad, dude. They're just trying to draw in viewers. They're like, well, we know which one's gonna win. Let's throw in Top Gun too. <laughs> I was I was kind of like, really, the whale's not here, and they. I think they just hate Aronofsky. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, they do hate Aronofsky. They fucking hate him. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they I think you texted him. this to me. You were like, he did Black Swan, and they, they were like, <laughs> and they told, we don't and they like told you anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> they were like, they were like, he made Black Swan, and that was like acceptable. 
Uh, also notable, I think this is the category that I have seen the least amount of the movies. I've only seen two of them. I've only seen Glass Onion and Top Gun. Uh, I haven't seen All Quiet yet, obviously. Um, oh, yeah, I heard Women Talking yeah. was good, so it's based on a play. So, yeah. Uh, writing um, original screenplay. It's a powerhouse category. It's a powerhouse category. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Fableman's, Tar, Triangle of Sadness. And I do want to put it out there. These are the same movies that are nominated in directing. Can so, I make you real mad for a second? What? Banshees is going to win. I know it's going to win. I think it should go to the Fablemans for sure. Banshees is going to win. I know they, Banshees is going to win. I know dude, it's going to win. The, if there's one consistent thing about Martin McDonough being nominated, it's that he will win for writing. He always he's a good writer. He is. He's I don't think really he's the best writer. writer. I don't think he's the best writer. Dude, it I think the best matter. writer is nominated. Uh being Tony Kushner. I think that guy is literally the best writer working today. I think that guy is so good. Uh okay. but it, it's okay. okay. It's fine. Yeah. So those are the nominees. Yeah. Overall, I think the main takeaway is, and I said this before we started, but I really like how diverse the categories are here. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's a lot of great mix. There's like, you know, you have your dramas with the Fablemans and everything. You have like a really original, really crazy idea with everything everywhere all at once. You have like a closer drama with the Banshees of Inisherin. You have blockbusters with Avatar and Top Gun. You have like yeah. a black comedy with Triangle of Sadness. You've got the biopic with Elvis. You know, I think I think it, you know, it's a pretty good mix. Stay tuned though for our uh, best picture like we're gonna go over all of them that we haven't seen yet. Um, we're and we'll yeah. Talk about so them. I mean, before basically our our timeline is before the Oscars come out, we'll have watched all of them, and we're just gonna do a quick rundown on everything and try to keep it to under two hours. Yep, that is the plan. <laughs> talk about ten movies in two hours. <laughs> just gonna yeah, suck. <laughs> it's gonna suck, but it's but okay. It's fine. Uh, so moving on to an, a movie that we both enjoyed. Um, and the reason I you can't see it, but I'm wearing a scarf inside, and it's because we're talking about a Steven Spielberg movie. It's the Fablemans. The Fablemans, yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, you probably remember us talking about West Side Story last year. If you're an old listener, uh, but mm-hmm. we both named that our favorite movie of last year. Um. And we both really like Steven Spielberg. Uh, am I correct? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've the way I always um, think about it is I think like it, it, it we're, if we're talking like in their prime, I think Steven Spielberg might have the best run of movies like ever. Yeah, um, yeah, for like sure. It, like, like seriously, like and more. I think he was more consistent in his like heyday than like Scorsese. The only person I think that like is was consistently. At like beat him out would be um oh my god Kubrick I was, I was gonna say I was like pretty sure Kubrick, Kubrick no okay Kubrick 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 will always be the actual greatest director ever but like uh um, yeah I mean no, personally but, yeah. though obviously I think we both resonate with Spielberg's films a little bit more probably yeah. um yeah. and for me he's my second favorite director um yeah. I think he is so it's he you know. he's def- like to me Spielberg is the definition of like what you think of when you think of movie magic. Like yeah. he is, he is that um, like entirely like all of like the classic, like things you think of when you think of like a movie, like 
um, someone eating popcorn and going, whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like shit like that. It's all like that's what Spielberg is going for yeah. all the time. Um, and he's often incredibly successful at it. Yeah. And the thing about Spielberg also, though, is that he hasn't actually done a semi-autobiographical film. He hasn't done anything that is comes from a personal story when pretty much every other director has done it at this point. I mean, even Martin Scorsese did his documentary all about his family and his parents. Yeah. Um, it was a big passion project for him. And he does a lot with Christianity, which he's been very vocal about. It's very important to him. But um, it's but the thing is, like the threads that are in this are also threads that are in all of Spielberg's career, right? Yeah. Like, like the John Ford references that yeah. he makes and the, uh, like the constant, um, uh, nat- like, uh, themes of having like a father relationship gone wrong. Um, mm-hmm. th- there is like, or even, even being Jewish, right? Like, yeah. like a lot of those traits of Spielberg are, are if, in his entire body of work. Um, yeah. And then they're just shown here. Yeah. yeah. And it stars a few different people. Gabriel, Le- Gabriel LaBelle, who plays like kind of, I don't want to say Steven Spielberg, like as a boy, but it's the, the family itself is not actually his family. They're original characters, but they're based on his family. Um, but Gabriel LaBelle. He, he plays, needed, yeah. He wanted yeah. some kind of separation there. I'd assume. Yeah. Um, um, which makes plays, sense. The main character, who's mainly in high school throughout the whole film, Michelle Williams plays his mother. Paul Dano uh, plays his father. Seth Rogen plays like a family friend of theirs, um, and then Judd Hirsch plays uh, his like great uncle, I believe. No, yeah, um, no, it's just yeah, it's probably his great uncle. Yeah, yeah, and those are the main the main people in the movie. Uh, overall, I don't know if you want to g- give your initial thoughts first. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm coming fresh off this movie. I finished it like two hours ago. It's fine. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I thought that this was a really, really excellent film. I was very skeptical because um, yeah. I was like, it's Spielberg making a movie about movies, which is kind of a pet peeve of mine sometimes. It happens. It was, like You're movies of, about Hollywood are either like the worst or the best. Like, and yeah. I think this definitely falls in more into the best. Um, I think like the performance is pretty much around the board blew me away. Um, like even the child performances are good. It just, it, again, it does. Uh, we talked about this last year, obviously with, uh, um, I did, did, West side story brains working great today, uh, with West side story, but it really does feel like Spielberg's back and he's making movies that he cares about. Right. It feels like there's a passion there that was missing for a while. Um, and obviously you can see the passion behind this one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can. Um, and that is, I mean, when Spielberg's passionate about movies, it's, it really is like truly magic. Um, and yeah, I, I really, really fell in love with a lot of this movie. Um, I, I do have issues with it. I think they're largely, largely nit, nitpicky. Um, was his cinematographer still Janusz Kaminski? Yes. <laughs> Janusz Kaminski, Janusz Kaminski, I, dude, even the way he fucking like made the like Steven Spielberg short films pissed me off. Like I'm like, (laughs) he loves lens flares, bro. He put a he put he put fucking lens flares in the Steven Spielberg home movies, and I was like, (laughs) 
I'm going to fucking murder this guy. Oh, that's uh, so, so funny. But like, <laughs> no, Janusz Kaminski, I still fucking hate, but like, whatever. It's okay. Um, him, <laughs> him and Spielberg work well. Like, he gels with Spielberg's way of making movies. I get it. But the guy that Steven Spielberg was using in the 80s was way fucking better. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but uh, I thought it, the pacing kind of dipped there. In the, yeah, the, if you're not the last, into it, I think. A bit. Yeah. Um, and I think, the be- I think, honestly, like, the first act, until there began to be, like, real conflict in the movie, I thought it was, like, very, very boring. Um, <laughs> like, I'm not, I, I find it to be, I felt like a lot of it was just like that, um, I'm a filmmaker talking about film bait, and it wasn't, like, an actual, yeah. like, like, story. It probably really wasn't until he, to. like, became a teenager, probably, that... Yeah, no. And once he once he became a teenager, and there was like a kind of a like much more of a defined story to follow, it got a lot more interesting. But that first act was, I found slow. it to be super rough. Um, yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that's my thoughts. Like overall, I think it's pretty damn great. Um, yeah, I just love that. I love that Spielberg's back. I really do too. And and I think that he's making movies that he genuinely super super cares about. Uh, for me, I actually, I, I hinted at it earlier, but I do think that it's probably one of my, if not my favorite movie of the year right now. It's between a few right now. I would say it's between three films right now. It's between this movie, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and then Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. All for very personal reasons. That's why, you know, that's why we name favorite movies I mean, of the year. No, that's, very personal. Yeah, you don't have... Your favorite movie isn't the movie that you respect the most. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? Uh, and so for this one, I don't know. I just, I fell in love with this movie. Even the first act, I know that it's slow. Like, I think if I rewatched it, I would feel how slow it was. But I was completely falling in love with, like, the way that they... I think, and again, the main reason why I fell in love this way was because of the editing. Um, especially throughout that first act, because the way that they show his montage of falling in love with home filmmaking as someone who made really dumb movies on his mom's flip video camera when he was in fifth grade. Mm. I, I don't know. I just got into it where you're mm-hmm. where they wanted to make the mummies. So he got the toilet paper and did it. You use what you have in your house. It just brought back a lot of memories for me. Yeah. Um, and while it was, you know, in the 50s for him. <laughs> Uh, and I was in the mid 2000s, but you know, I, 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 I found myself, you know, connecting to that a lot. And I think I just connected to this movie a lot. And yeah. one thing I've been re- recommending this to, I've been recommending this to a lot of people who consider themselves to be artists. I think you and I both consider ourselves to be, if not, you know, if not former, but current artists, um, or people mm-hmm. that enjoy art or any sort of, you know, in the realm of art, you obviously work in the realm of art. Um, and I, we both majored in film and all that sort of thing. Right. So, I think that I really connected with the themes of this movie a lot. Um, I connected with the characters, kind of having a family that's not as approving of you going and pursuing art, um, kind of of you going and, you know, making it a priority in your life. Um, There's the scene that Judd Hirsch has, which I think is kind of a lot of people are pointing to as one of the really, really big scenes of this movie um, that, you know, I, I almost teared up uh during it because i just it was so it was hitting so hard to me and so deep to my core uh but i mean i could rave about this movie for a really long time i do think that there are definitely issues with it mm-hmm. but there are issues with most movies i think um and so you know I mean, it's whatever yeah. i i can definitely understand i think if i went back and watched it now because i've only seen it once if i went back and watched it i would think that the beginning is slow i think i would 
um, because I'm not, because for me, I was still falling back in love with seeing Steven Spielberg work on something that's not Warhorse, like, like straight up, you know, like, <laughs> like, like that's, that's where I kind of at. I'm like, okay, yes, well, I, I'm so and happy. Now, and like to get into it, like, again, we always talk about it because pacing is so tricky. Yeah, it's, it's so hard. Tr- it's, it's so, so hard. And it's really like, it's truly subjective. Um, mm-hmm. It's really, it's weird. It's subjective, but I think on the whole, most people, if you're like, do you start to notice the time around this point? Like most people be like, yeah, I did. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's a weird thing. Um, but the pacing f- only felt slow. I thought like the editing really kept everything moving. It was mm-hmm. like, after like one thing happens, like you cut it to like the way it cuts to the next scene and the next mm-hmm. conflict that like, keeps the story going fantastically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't say enough about the editing. Editing in this movie is just... It was definitely snubbed at the Oscars, for sure. Oh, so snubbed. Because, like, <laughs> this is, like, this is what good editing like, should do, right? Like, this is, like, yeah. very, very good editing. And um, I do want to put it out there that the lead editor, Michael Kahn, on this movie has worked with uh, Steven Spielberg on every single one of his movies since, I believe, E.T., um, which is a lot of movies. <laughs> so they very... They work very well with each other. And so that's, you know... Yeah. Um, no, but uh, the pacing to me just felt slow, right? Because before there's that any of that conflict, that first act just feels like it takes so long. Mm-hmm. And because of that first act taking feeling like it took so long for me, by the time we get to the third act, where I am still invested in the story, like it's already it feels like even longer, right? Yeah. Because because I've already like I started out with like what felt like a, a segment I was kind of waiting to get done. Sure. Um, yeah. And so, I think once the teenage years happen, it kind of picks right up. If I'm yeah, being honest, I, you, I mean, you start to really fall in, like you can't really connect with like the young kid. Um, mm-hmm. They don't really give you a chance to either. Like, not really. Yeah. I will say, unless you have personal experience that that connects yeah. you to it, like I, like again, I yeah. felt that. I don't think also the young actor is the greatest. He's, he's not a, he's, okay. he's not really he's in the movie okay. that much. I don't know. He's just okay. I think all of the other kid um, performances are pretty good. I think he's You're talking about the, the kid kid version, right? The kid kid version of Not the teenage Sammy. version. No, not no. I think the teenage version. Yeah, that's is what great. I was going to say. I'm like, we have an argument. Is, <laughs> I think the teenage version is fantastic actually. Yeah. Um and I think most of the younger siblings are really, really well acted too. Mm-hmm. But I think like definitely there was like an A team and a B team, right? And the yeah. B team was the younger people <laughs> who weren't going to be in the movie for very long. And they didn't uh, cast those people as But well. it's hard. I Just being a child actor is hard. Being a child, I know, I know. And that's why we don't go too hard on them. I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> and Spielberg, he like, and I will, like I give him credit, right? Because... I think he, I think like with like the, uh, the A team, if we will, um, <laughs> they, they like, he worked with them really, really well. Yeah. Cause like they, they got really, really great child performances out of them. And they felt like I still couldn't, I couldn't tell you this, um, the siblings names, but that's okay. That's okay. We don't care. That's okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And I mean, we're already on performances. I feel like we, we've said it already, but individually going through everyone, Gabriel LaBelle as Sammy Fableman. He's like teenager. He's great. He's I really, really great. Hope, I know we say this after every like quote unquote breakout performance, but I really hope he he gets some more work. Like, like if if he gets more work than Noah Centineo, you know, oh God, <laughs> I would be happy about that. No, but like this is the type of dude that you can put in like a PTA movie, right? Yeah. Like and like he'll fit in like perfectly. He'll um, be great. 
No, he. I think he was really, really amazing. Um, yeah. I just it immediately like you could empathize with him. Um, mm-hmm. You, there's, I, I could talk about him for a while. He's really, really good in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think what really makes it for me is that it's a, it is a subtle performance. I don't think this is a subtle movie. I think that his performance is subtle, though. Yeah. Um, I agree. And. It's really great. There's a lot of bombastic performances. There's very over-the-top performances. The two that are nominated at the Oscars, I will say, are two very over-the-top performances. Um, oh, Michelle Williams is over-top, but she's wonderful. Shut yeah, up. she's... Oh, she's great. I'm not saying either of them are bad. I'm okay. just saying that they're they're showy. They're showy for sure. They are showy. Um, they like, are I think showy. J.K. Simmons in Whiplash is amazing. It's a showy performance, but it's amazing, right? Um, yeah. But Gabrielle LaBelle is... Gabrielle LaBelle is just... It's a little bit more nuanced, and you don't see a lot of what's going on. But especially, I felt like there's that big scene in the high school that mm. I think he just does a great job of being calm and collected of someone who doesn't care about anything except for the fact that he just got broken up with, right? He, um, like, he... The thing about him is he... I think what, like, shocked me was, like, how much he has to do with just looks and body language, right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot in this movie where it's... There are there's like clear moments of things that are not said, um, mm-hmm. and things that he wants to say, and you know he wants to say, and you can tell exactly what his emotion is, yeah. Um, and that's just a testament to the performance, right? Because he doesn't yeah. he doesn't need to deliver lines in some incredible way. Like the moment where he gets like broken up with, mm-hmm. you know what's going through his head, even though he's not like crying, right? It's not showy. It's just um, it's a really really um insanely mature performance too from like a young actor. Yeah, and so can't wait to see him in more. Uh, yeah. Really excited. Uh, let's talk about the parents. Uh, Michelle Williams and Paul Dano. Uh, Michelle uh, Williams killed it. Uh, she really she's did. She's amazing. Dude, <laughs> as soon as her character starts to really come into, into focus, um, the movie picks up in like a huge amount because her performance is so interesting and her character is so interesting. And there's so many layers to her. There's a lot of layers. Yeah. yeah. Um, Michelle Williams just always fucking kills it. Oh my god. She's so good. Even in movies that suck, like in Venom, she's still great. Dude, she's still fucking good. (laughs) Michelle Williams is so good, like all the time. Like I I love her. She's and she's not even like she's even like I don't see her like doing a ton of like talk show circuit stuff. Like she's not the one on the She doesn't have a huge public presence. (laughs) Um there's a there's a film that's by Kelly Reichardt, who I don't know if you know her. Um, I do know Kelly Reichardt. Yeah. yeah. There's called Wendy and Lucy. And Michelle Williams is in that. And it's basically a whole movie that's just about, she's on screen pretty much the entire time. Mm. Um, It's an hour and a half. She's really good in that movie too. And I think she's just an amazing actress. I'm glad that she's getting love for this movie. And it is an over the top performance for sure. I think it is, but there's a reason for it. And it's like her character is so interesting because there's a lot going on with her. There's a lot going on. And you're not, and you're never like quite sure a lot like the family if, if it's like mental illness, if mm-hmm. it's like some kind of alcoholism. Yeah. Like you're never quite sure what's, and you can never get quite all the way in her head because she keeps the guards up just enough. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just a very interesting performance. So, um, and I honestly, I genuinely think she's the most interesting character um, in the whole movie. And uh, she, keeps it going the entire time yeah. uh so yeah really great paul dano he's he's another one he's like a, he's less interesting than michelle williams yeah but his performance is equally as complex it is right 
because yeah. he's he's someone his character is someone who thinks a lot yeah and so there's a lot that's going on with mainly facial expressions body language similar to gabriel labelle's performance where there's a lot going on with him and what he's thinking about mm-hmm. and kind of his obliviousness too there, he at. rises he rises really and i think it's very intentional in paul dano um but mm-hmm. he rides a great line of like is he ignorant of facts or is he turning away from them consciously right is he yeah. is he choosing not to pay attention to something that he knows will hurt him yeah. um and that line that he's writing is really really great and uh especially like involving the relationship with michelle williams yeah right but um, then in him as a father is also like, um, he's one of those fathers who clearly just does not know how to connect with their kids. He doesn't. And it's, it's just sad, right? It's sad yeah. to look at. But also you can see that he's trying his best. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. the thing. It's, and it's such a weird, not weird, but like interesting character motivation, right? Yeah. Of someone who just wants desperately to connect with his son, but doesn't know how to do it. Um, it's, in, in, I think it's one of the most, like, like, he's so empathetic in in the performance. Like, it, it, like it, you often hear it say, like, you cannot judge your characters as an actor. Um, and that's exactly what Paul Dano is doing this entire time, right? Is he is, he is portraying someone who is, like, pretty objectively kind of bad father um yeah <laughs> but like he's he's portraying someone who's a bad father and like will cause a lot of resentment as steven spielberg has said many times about his dad um but the way that the character is written and performed is so empathetic and i think it's i think it's really beautiful considering like how steven spielberg talks about his relationship with his dad now um yeah. and how he wishes he would have connected with him more like i think it's i think it's really showing that through that through line because um, he also had a really just hard life, especially like with his wife and yeah, yeah. Uh, the divorce was very hard for him. Spoiler for the movie, I guess. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> nothing happened. Nothing happened. I was trying to beat around the bush, but whatever. Fuck it. I mean, you could look it up. That's the thing is that you can. <laughs> Steven Spielberg's wife. Uh, look, I'm not saying the character in the movie gets a divorce, but his dad in real life got a divorce. God damn it. Anyway, uh, one thing I really do like, though, especially with Paul Dano, I don't know if this is just because I'm very selective about what films I've seen with him, but I've seen three notable movies with him. I saw Prisoners, uh, where he plays a crazy person, uh, right? There, w- there will be blood. There will be. Oh, yeah. He was in that movie where you, he does. He played the twins. Oh, my God. You're totally right. Yeah. Where, he, you, where you know, he uh, held his own as like a like first time actor almost with Daniel Day-Lewis. That's crazy. But again, he plays kind of an out there person in that movie too. Right. Yeah. Uh, Swiss army man, which was the first film of the Daniels, Hell which yeah. is a weird movie, man. That is awesome. So, movie. It's a great cool look. Movie. I love that they made that movie because it's about a freaking farting corpse. Which is <laughs> such a fucking cool movie. <laughs> it's so good. I also want to put this out there. This is like totally off topic, but I loved that Daniel Radcliffe just does things that he wants to do. Dude, like he did that. Awesome. I love looking at the dichotomy of his post Harry Potter career and uh, Emma Watson's post Harry Potter career because you can tell that Emma Watson just wants to get an Oscar, but Daniel Radcliffe is just like doing things that he thinks looks fun. Yeah. Um, 
and I just love it. I, I love it. Um, but mm-hmm. I but he plays a Paul Dano plays a weird guy in that movie too. And then the Batman where he plays the Riddler, right? Where he plays a weird crazy guy in that movie too. And so seeing him not play that shows how much of like a you know range he has as an actor, and I really love it. Um, mm-hmm. especially because this one is such like a um. Have you like not, well? Per- okay, here's the thing. Paul Dano, I think. I think it could be like a little easy to be like, oh, he's done like that. He's in a lot of stuff. I know. He's in a lot of really good stuff. Okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna list off a couple. Okay, right. So Fableman's Batman, Blue Star Army Man, Twelve Years a Slave. Oh yeah, Pris- he was in that movie. Prisoners. Um where is it? Uh Little Miss Sh- Little Miss Sunshine. Oh my god, I totally remember that. There movie. will be blood. Wow. Yeah. He's in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, like I said, I haven't seen... I mean, I did see 12 Years a Slave, but I don't really associate him with that movie as much as I He's in Oakja. I didn't see Oakja, but he was in Oakja. I did see Oakja. Oh my God, you're right. He totally was in Oakja. That's Bong Joon-ho, right? Yeah, he's in Looper. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I have very selective about what movies I've seen him in, so... <laughs> No, you've seen him in a lot of things. You just totally forgot. Paul Dano, yeah. I think I actually think Paul Dano is um he's a he's a weird dude. I don't like listening to interviews with Paul Dano. Um, <laughs> he's a strange, pretentious man uh, who ma- who as a director is also like makes weird, strange movies. Um that being said, I think as an actor, he's actually like fucking nuts. I think he's, he's so really, good. Really great. <laughs> I think he's really fucking good. I think he's like a generational talent, like genuinely. Yeah, um, wow. Like I I I no not even bullshitting. Like they're like prestige directors want to work with Paul Dano for like really very do. good reasons. Yep. For like very, very good reasons. Really um, glad. Um, yeah. Anyway, Seth Rogan's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when I heard Okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about the let's talk about the about the divorce. Spoilers if you don't want to know about it. Uh, uh Paul Dano gets cucked by Seth Rogen. And I think that's maybe the funniest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. Like the fact that he got cucked is funny, but the fact that he got cucked, like he got cucked by Seth, Seth Rogen. <laughs> Dude, I was like, wait, within like the first like 20 minutes when I saw like Seth Rogen interacting with Michelle Williams, I'm like, oh my fucking God, is he going to cuck it? He's going to cuck I was like, that's you so know what would have been even funnier is if they got <laughs> William H Macy to be Seth Rogen's character because instead of getting cucked, he's the cuckiest. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> I forgot about the William H Macy thing. Oh, it's funny. Um, <laughs> if they got if they did that, that would have been the best thing I've oh, ever seen in awesome. my life. <laughs> that would have been fucking awesome. No, but like I'm just like you just Paul Dano. You just got cucked by the guy who goes. <laughs> you just got cucked by Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on no getting cucked by getting cucked by Donkey Dong. That's like that. Yeah. That's just that's just like that's just a daily basis, you know. Oh uh, like, yeah, you're right. Everyone, that's everyone. Kong like, right. walks in the door and steals her girl. It's fine. You're right. Um, uh, but he does do a good job. I mean, he's he not does a great job much, but you know, he does a good yeah. job in it. Uh, I say, and, I, I, yeah, I actually think it's like seeing the maturity and the growth of Seth Rogen has been really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway. Judd Hirsch is in the movie and he's nominated at the Oscars. He has one really big scene in the movie and I feel like and we it's, should Yeah, it's one of the most well-written, well-performed things I've seen in a very long time. 
Yeah. There's like, a reason why he's nominated. Like we said, it's not like Anthony Hopkins level no. in Silence of the Lambs. But again, that's really unfair. <laughs> if I'm being it's, honest. It's like, it's a really quite. Again, I it's it's just there's so many subtleties, so many like quick changes in the emotion. And the editing. Um, and the editing, yeah. Uh, it, it's just like they really killed it. And Steven Spielberg, like as a director, he knew how how right he needed to get that scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it really connects to a lot of themes that are in the movie, specifically about like what it means to be an artist and take it to the level that you want it. Similar similar feelings that I got when I watched Whiplash. It's for the first time, mm. right? Of like how much you need to give up in order to pursue this, I guess. And seeing the fear in Gabriel LaBelle's eyes that this is what is meant for him. But at the same time, you can also see how passionate Judd Hirsch is in the moment. I, I don't know. I really... I really yeah. thought that that was great. And Tony Kushner, who's one of the screenwriters with Steven Spielberg, the dialogue yeah. is impeccable. Um, the dialogue throughout the whole movie is really, really It's really good. Yeah. And I really love Tony Kushner. I love Angels in America. That's one thing that I really like. Um, but, yeah. yeah. So to get away from performance, because I mean, performances are, I mean, quite a driving part of this. Yeah. Uh, so I'm talking about by Ian Ashkaminsky. No, uh, I said about it, said about it before. It's good. It is good. I'm not gonna lie. It's fine. You just don't like it's it. good. I just I just don't like the lens flares. I don't like necessarily the stuff that they do with color. Um, yeah. I don't like that. Even though I it, I would assume they did this on film, or I'd fucking hope to God they did. They um, did. Thank God. Uh, it's it still feels digital as shit. Like, ugh. Man, whatever. you're so cool. You love not digital. <laughs> sometimes digital feels too like too fucking clean you know what i mean yeah i get it there's I mean, it's too clean yeah I, I it's too it. clean i don't like the color there's too much saturation Fine. desaturate it desaturate desaturate it. it make it look like it was in like the 60s please <laughs> <laughs> um, um but, no but yannish is good there's uh, i mean pretty good like there's some great lighting moments too like there's some moments where, like, uh, I specifically noticed, like, when he's project, he's like working on a projector, and like he's seeing, um, like the relationship between Seth Rogen and Michelle Williams, and you can see his face like really well lit up, but yeah. not in like a cheesy way. Like sometimes people like want to highlight like that, and it looks so yeah. fake and it sucks. Um, there is one moment yeah. in this movie that, again, is all about the directing, and I, I think Steven Spielberg really does just a great job directing. Again, you can tell the passionate. The, like the passion behind the camera here of him doing this, writing this. Um, and one scene that that comes to mind besides the Judd Hirsch scene is the scene where uh, Sammy Fableman is directing this war film. Mm. Um, and he's directing one of his actors. And this war film is obviously, you know, it's a war movie. So they're dealing with like big cast and like, it's like 30 high school kids, right? But, uh, you know, seeing... Sammy Fableman kind of get more comfortable with directing people uh, and like kind of the the third, like like the fourth wall here of Spielberg directing Gabriel LaBelle to direct this guy. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because you can tell that it's like, it's coming from personal experience and Sammy Fableman is like trying to explain to the, one of his like actors who's not really an actor, he's just like one of his friends, right? Um, 
where he's like, you need to be like sad. Like what if your all your people have just died? And he's like describing the emotions that he's supposed to be feeling. And then the guy just bursts. Oh yeah, super tears. funny. And I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. Because <laughs> it's dude, just like, dude. Um, yeah, if we can get into spoilers real quick. It's speaking of like funny things. Holy shit. Um, spoiler warning. Spoiler warning again. Uh, dude, the fucking Catholic girl that he dates. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that made me want to piss my pants. It was not the rest of my theater. I'm like, you guys aren't You're missing laughing. Out. <laughs> you guys aren't laughing. And that sucks because I want to cackle right now. Yeah, it's dude, so when she, good. Dude, it's when so she good. has a crucifix above her bed with like a heart of lights among yeah. I was I wanted to like I I wanted to like ascend. I was like, this is the funniest fucking shit I've seen in so it's long. It's so funny. And Holy I'm like shit. I'm like, oh my god. And the fact that like cause totally that the Christian girl fetishizing other people who aren't Christian it's is so totally funny. a thing. It's so funny. It's so good, dude. <laughs> like, and it's then so hilarious. The best thing is that Sammy Fableman is a teenage boy. So, of course, he's going to go into this, even though he knows it's weird. Dude, it's so funny when he's like, <laughs> when they're like about to kiss, and then they're like, she's like, let's pray. And then he's like, I guess I'm going okay. into this. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. He's like, anything. I will do anything. He's like, I will pray with you every day. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's so good. I will, I will fucking... I will fucking pray towards Mecca if you tell me, okay? Like, yeah. Like, fucking, like, I will like, literally do anything at this moment. <laughs> like, it's so funny. And then when he gives her the necklace, and she's yeah. like, did you find Jesus? And he was like, yeah, the jewelry store. <laughs> She's like constantly expecting him to change. It's yeah. like she gets off from being like an evangelical and like and like trying to change people. And I'm like, that's so fucking funny. Oh my god. Oh, it's, it's so awesome. It's yeah, so and, but okay. But then like off that, like Steven Spielberg gets like genuinely like there's been obviously a recent rise in anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. And Steven Spielberg is able to talk about that in or like able to like put someone in their place in like such a perfect way yeah it's like when the dude it's like and like this all was almost like a little bit past the line but when the anti-semitic kid was like oh you're gonna fall for his 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 puff piece story like and then the other guy's like shut like basically like physically says shut the fuck up mm -hmm. like and just like completely like disregards all the bullshit and just like no that's just stupid shit like yeah. i loved it i loved it i loved it's it. I so loved it well yeah. done and it's really well integrated into the story because it yeah. makes sense it's after they've just moved you know he was really comfortable in phoenix then when they moved to california and he's just getting all these anti-semitic comments both in the forms of these kids at school and also in the weird fetish that the, his <coughs> catholic girlfriend has right you know it's a different type of anti-semitism it's, it's a different type but it's still anti-semitism but at yeah. the same time like oh my god it's still funny but it's so funny <laughs> That was, that was funniest character in the movie I like was the Catholic multiple miles like hilarious it's so good it's so good um but yeah I think that it balances all of these hardships and it all comes to a culmination right 
yeah. at that dance, at the dance, yeah. right? Because his parents just got divorced. His date is there and is being really weird, but then also dumps him when he tells her that his parents oh, got divorced. Okay. And he's he, like, well, he tells her that he loves her and then he wants yeah. her to marry him. And, yeah. And it's pretty yeah. Rough. Just, you know, not great that's, to that's, do that's after all, you told I'm your not parents lie, got that's divorced. Him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was an L for you. That was an L for him. Take, right. take the L, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, he plays his movie and he's just like, I just want to be alone, right? I don't care about anything. I just want to be alone. Um, and how he balances how filmmaking brought other people joy in that moment, right? Yeah. Even the people who hate him the most. And it's it's very clear, again, that this is not one of those cheesy stories where he's like, oh, then he made a good movie about me and now I like him now, right? Yeah. It was, I thought, pretty realistic about I how totally would, agree. you know, react. He's like, I made your life hell. Why did you do this? You're the worst. Why did you do that? Because now I feel bad about myself, right? That's such a raw emotion yeah. that definitely happens if someone does something like that, mm-hmm. right? No, yeah. I like. I, I think it's. It was such a smart way, like to write that and to have that play out, and just have them both be confused and Stephen yeah. just be like, or like Stephen, <laughs> uh, like. Sammy just be like, that's like what the day was. Like, I'm not trying to put anything on that. Um, but at the same time, he kind of is. And like, it, it's such a, like a weird, complex thing. Um, and I think both the actors just play it like perfectly. And um, yeah, it's really good. What, wait, but like there are parts in this movie. Again, like once we start to get the whole relationship... Um, with like the mom and uh, Seth Rogen, the movie gets 10 times more interesting. Yeah. Right? Because it starts out in like this 1950s, like everything is rose-colored glasses type shit. And mm-hmm. I think it sucks. <laughs> um, it's just annoying. It's fine. It's like a Chris Stuckman masterpiece. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's my... <laughs> Bro, I will always take shots of Chris Stockman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's just like, that's, that's what it is. Right. But um, mm-hmm. then it, it, it starts to get a lot, a lot more interesting. Um, but then it also gets, there's times when it gets super annoying again. Cause it's like, <laughs> there's like that, like war film that, that they make is like one of the classic things. If you know anything about early Spielberg is like yeah. you, like he shows the shot of him, like, taking like a piece of wood and putting like some dirt on the back of it and then like stepping on it to make it seem like a bomb exploded behind like mm-hmm. that shot he has talked about so many times. If you watch like Spielberg documentaries, Holy fuck. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're the only two people who watch Spielberg documentaries. No one else does. That's fine. But like, yeah, you're talking great to me. I mean, I've, I've seen it, right. He does it a no, lot. <laughs> or like, or like the story at the end with John Ford, like I've mm-hmm. heard Spielberg tell that story. Yeah. Right. Like that is like legitimately like the John Ford story. Also, yeah. fucking shout out to Spielberg for like actually putting John Ford movie. Man is not recognized by this generation. Of, yeah, of you're right. <laughs> fucking shout. People out. People don't really talk about John Ford. They're like, oh yeah, Hitchcock. Uh, wait, who else was there? <laughs> yo, yo, they just don't know. It's okay. Um, it's okay. <laughs> so John, yeah, the John Ford thing was great. Um, there's a lot of good stuff, but then there's some weird shit. Here's the weirdest thing in the movie. Here's the thing in the movie I didn't like the most. Here's the part that I hated. Um, why the fuck 
does Sammy tell his mom that he knows about her cheating via a movie he edited? That's so fucking weird, dude. No, 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 not great. (laughs) That was so weird and like uncomfortable where I'm like, dude, just tell her. And then he's just like, and then he's just like, here's this thing I cut together and developed. Uh, It has you cheat. It's so weird. Yeah. And I, I I think that the the main sh- shortcoming of this movie that I didn't like a lot of the times, which includes this scene, is I think that sometimes it's too melodramatic. I agree. Um, and right, maybe this is the way that he saw his life, right? Maybe that's yeah. why. But that being said, yeah, moments like that where I'm like, this is not realistic, right? Yeah. But then there's other points where, like I said, in that in the school where that bully is feeling all these really weird emotions, I thought that that was really great, right? Yeah. You know, but it's just a balance where I'm like, See, yeah, like what you were saying is just yeah. not great. Like it's there's like, a bit of a contrast so of of the melodrama going on, right? Like I think that the type of melodrama that Steven Spielberg wanted to make, or like, well, like the tone that he wishes he could have gone off the whole time for the melodrama, is Paul Dano, right? I think Paul Dano is playing all of those scenes perfect. I think he really truly is for like. That is what like peak like melodrama like should look like in like a 1950s style film. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Is like is like a quiet, like unwilling to like admit to themselves that that something is ha- is happening. And then when it does happen, like being like devastated. Um yeah. or or angry or however you feel, but like um I think, I, I, yeah, I, I think that would have been a little better. Um, instead, sometimes you, and I, again, I think he does well, um, but like the scenes of Sammy just like looking at people, making eye contact and then turning away, that happens like 10 times, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, you're right. <laughs> like you can only be so angsty and, le- and I'll still believe it, right? Like, yeah. He's an angsty teenager, man. Fucking suck. Yeah. So that, <laughs> that shit kind of pissed me off. But other than that, great. Great movie. Would highly recommend. It's not making a lot of money at the box office. That's the other thing. Yeah. Would recommend. I, 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 I expect it doesn't. This kind of yeah. appeals to a very specific audience of people yeah. that understand Steven Spielberg real well. Yeah. And the the John Ford thing at the end I thought was really funny too, where he's like Oh, it's so good. The, the horizon, the whole horizon thing. And that is a, <sighs> a story that he tells. He does tell Yeah, that. A, that is a very real story. And he's like he's been like, Yeah, that one sucks. or like that's interesting, that's interesting. Yeah. That's that's also sucks. that was David Lynch, just so you know, who's cool. John Ford. Fuck yes. <laughs> uh and so I thought it was also a great like cameo performance that was did, did its job so well where he's like, Yeah, you know. It's at oh the my top. god! It's so dude. That's funny. awesome. Dude, Isn't that Lynch, hilarious? David Lynch killed it. Honestly. I know it's so funny, but dude, but overall, like, but like again, like I love that they put the John Ford story in there. I love that they're giving recognition to John Ford because the amount of people who have seen the Searchers what shot from the doorway and don't know what the fuck it is. Oh, yeah. these people who didn't go to college, they'll gotta learn. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, but overall, big recommendation for me. I really like this movie. Huge recommendation. Um, if you like, if, if you if you like movies, like slightly, go watch. <laughs> yeah, if you even like, I would say even art, like just art in general. If you consider yourself to be an yeah. artist, I think this is a really really great movie um, yeah, for you to watch. But yeah, yeah, cool. On to the next movie, Pinocchio. 
Pinocchio. Now we got three Pinocchios this year. Uh, do you want to put that out there? <laughs> do we really count the Russian Pinocchio? Uh, dude, father, when can I leave to be on my own? Do I've we got really the whole world fucking... to see. I don't think we count Russian Pinocchio. Why? It's with Polly Shore. <laughs> we don't count Russian Pinocchio. No, we here's we count this Pinocchio and we count the Disney Pinocchio with the Tom Disney Hanks, Plus Pinocchio, which was uh, really bad, <laughs> which gave Tom Hanks a Razzie nom. Yeah, I mean, freaking Tom Hanks, tough. bad year this year, dude. Tom Hanks had a rough year. one. He had a rough one. A rough year. See, Tom, Elvis. Tom Hanks. We often talk about like, like people who are like they make good and bad choices. Tom Hanks' agent really let him down this year. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, honestly, geez, but I mean, Elvis wasn't bad. It was. You know, like I said, I think it was hard carried by Austin Butler, but like, I mean, his performance was bad in it. Dude, fucking Pin Wolfer, um, or Finn Wolfhard is in this. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, do you want to? Spazzatura is voiced by Kate Blanchett? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> they cut, they somehow. Okay, they did the impossible thing. Which is there's a movie that has both Tilda Swinton and Kate Blanchett in it. Mm-hmm. I always associate them together because I don't know they fit a very similar vibe to me. Uh, they're white blonde ladies. They're way. white blonde ladies. <laughs> they're white blonde <laughs> ladies who are really, really, really fucking good actresses. <laughs> and I never see them in the same movie together. So you know what? It it broke the curse for me. Which Look, nice. I still think the funniest thing is that Tom Kenny voices Mussolini. Um, because that's SpongeBob and the <laughs> Mussolini. <laughs> God, that's just so funny Dude, to me. Dude, what a weird voice cast. Why is Geppetto fucking Filch from Harry Potter? I know. And Sebastian Cricket is Obi-Wan. Dude, fucking John Turturro is in this. I know. And Ron Perlman, who makes everything better as we've discussed. Yeah, Ron Perlman is in like every GDT film though. Dude, oh my god. Sorry, I'm ju- we're just now looking at the cast. We have IMDb <laughs> yeah. pulled up, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, okay, okay. The guy who voices the priest looks exactly like the priest. That's the guy wait. I imagined when I saw the priest. Wait, wait, wait. Who is it? Burn Gorman. Oh my god, you're totally right. <laughs> he looks like, dude, that's the guy I envisioned when I when I was like, when I think of creepy priest, that's exactly who I would who He's I would apparently cast. in Game of Thrones. Yeah, he plays like a slimy ass dude. Oh, yeah, you're totally right. Dude, he plays, like, all the slimy people. It's great. I love slimy people. Uh, <laughs> Christoph Waltz is Count Vol- What the Yeah, you didn't fuck? know that? That was definitely him. I knew okay, that, that was him. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but he's great. He's great. Um, okay, this is this is a banger of a cast. Hell yeah. Banger cast. Really is a banger cast. Yeah. Um, Guillermo del Toro, both of you and I like him, I think. Dude, I fucking love Guillermo. He's the shit. Like, he's great. I wasn't like, you know, I thought Nightmare Alley was good. The first half of Nightmare Alley, I really, really loved. Yeah. And we, the second we, half, we I agree on this one, yeah. you know, was not as much a fan of. Um, but like, even if, look, I'm like never going to say, I okay, first of all, I think this film could have been not made for Best Picture. Um, I, oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think Guillermo del Toro is one of those like filmmakers who like, they won't always consistently put out like, perfect stuff mm-hmm. they'll never put out anything that's truly bad they no. will put out they will always put out like he always will make something that is like at the very least fucking interesting you know yeah 
I feel similarly to him. I don't know why I'm making this comparison, but similar to the way I feel about Wes Anderson. Yeah, I um, fucking agree. Oh yeah, totally. Right? Where, yeah. you know, I don't love everything that Wes Anderson's done. Yeah. Like, Isle of Dogs every- is not Grand Budapest Hotel, but. Oh no, absolutely not. But at least I, you know, I like when I go see a movie, I'm like, oh yeah, it's Wes Anderson. Or like when Guillermo Torre makes a film, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to like, at least like the movie, right? Yeah, you know, and there's going to be something about it that sets itself apart from anything else I'm going to see that year, and I'm going to yeah. remember it probably. He's right? also like he's also like one of the key <laughs> examples of someone who embodies like what creativity is. Yeah, like if you give him a chance to like flex that creative that creativity, um, he will really just kill it. Um, and he like and he'll weave in anything. Like even Nightmare Alley is, um like has its chance to be like for him to have his Guillermo del Toro moments, even in just like the cinematography in that movie. Yeah. Um, you know, or like something like, uh, our, uh, like the, um, was it crimson? Yeah. You know what I'm talking? The, uh, which the, one? the Jessica Chastain and Tom Hiddleston. Oh, crimson peak. Which one? Yeah. Crimson yeah, 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 yeah. Peak. Like crimson, yeah, crimson peak, peak, like the set design of that is like very Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I fucking love that guy. Yeah, and and even Pacific Rim, which is so different from like everything else that he does, is still fun. It's Dude, so much fun. Oh my god, FX has the movies because they have yeah. Pacific Rim <laughs> always. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't know. I really I really do love everything that he's done. Like I said, I think there are some movies that he's made that are better. I think that like you know, obviously, The Shape of Water and Pan's Labyrinth are both better. <laughs> they're they're, than, a bit like, of a cut, they're kind of a cut above cut above the nightmare alley, but I'm being genuine here. I think Pinocchio belongs in that tier. I Mm. genuinely think that, um, this is something that you can tell is a huge passion project for him. Mm -hmm. He really, really has been wanting to make this movie. He's been wanting to make Pinocchio since 2003. That's how long he's been wanting to make this movie. Um, and he finally got to do it. And boy, am I happy that he got to because I loved, 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 loved this movie so much. Yeah. Um, I texted you when I saw it, but it's the first time in a really long time that I've cried this much during a movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm not going to go into why that is. Uh, it's probably due to a bunch of other things that are going on uh, with me. But I really, really fell in love with this movie. Yeah. Um, I loved it so much. And... It was, I will say, I don't think this is like a kid's movie. I don't think this is a kid's movie for sure. I think think that kids can watch it. I think kids can watch it. But I think if, if, you know, you're wanting to watch this with younger people, then you have to be prepared to talk about some stuff uh, afterward, I think for sure. Um, But I loved this so much. I thought it was beautiful. Just in general, I thought that it looked beautiful, obviously. The score in this movie is incredible. I think it's the best score that I heard of the year. The songs are amazing. All the voice work is really, really great. And the story is really, really good, too. And it it hits all of the Pinocchio things that we associate with Pinocchio. Obviously, Disney has their Pinocchio from the 40s that's very, very, very popular. I hardcore disagree with that take because um, my favorite thing, which is people smoking and then turning into a donkey, (laughs) is not in this. You're right. That isn't here. That's the absolute best Pinocchio thing that's ever been done ever. You're right. They didn't have that in the movie. Yeah. Because... MPA has changed since the 
CMPAA. You know, that one scene is also the reason why the original Pinocchio should not be a children's movie either. Yeah, it's rated PG-13. I think if, like, on the Disney Plus thing, it's just rated PG-13. Just so funny. To oh, me. It's so good, dude. Dude, it's terrifying. That it's, scene is haunting. Is dude, right. that is the best, like, yo, that is the best, like, don't don't do drugs fucking <laughs> advertising that's yeah, ever. Yeah, Reagan been done. should have been putting that out. In the 80s. Yo, if Reagan had an ounce of fucking creativity. He would have scarred America, but whatever. It's like okay. Disney did, do it. Okay. In all seriousness, though, the, I do think they hit most of the kind of big Pinocchio things with the whale and the um, like temptations of you know, like bad quote unquote bad things, uh, that sort of thing. And uh, but I, I think it adds a lot of new stuff in here that works super super yeah, well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and I am so glad. That I'm just glad this movie exists. I really am. Yeah. Um. I felt very similar. Uh, similarly, I mean, there's a lot to like in it. Um. There are a couple things that made me annoyed, and I'll just get those off the bat because I don't want to spend time on them later. Uh. I think Pinocchio at times, uh, and I think to any sense the point. Uh. Sometimes the voice work or just the performance was just straight up annoying. Yeah, he's in pretty my- positive. <laughs> Dude, sometimes he's like just fucking straight up like I oh god, you wanted to shut up. But like you're also <laughs> supposed to feel that way. Like I get it. It doesn't mean I enjoy it because it is our main character, but like as you see him adapt, you start to like him more. So that's the whole thing. Yeah. Um like after he goes and he like has to like and he like like works in slavery for a while, then I'm like, okay, now he's more chill. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. He was humbled. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. It's like he beca- I noticed it immediately. I was like, once he's like been enslaved for like months, I'm like, oh wait, now he's become humble. Cool. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> like, that sucked. But uh in general, I love the thing I loved about the movie is it took a Disney movie and it made it um I'm not really sure too much about the existing source material of Pinocchio, but um it made it feel like a grim like fairy tale type thing. Like yeah. it really made it feel like it was an ingrained part of like Italian like culture somehow. Even though like I'm pretty sure it's not. That's just like the way Guillermo made it. Mm-hmm. Um and it is like that is I think a truly incredible thing that he pulled off. Um because everything feels so like relevant and significant to like yep. Both the culture and um and the way like the the way that the artistry works is it, it, it's it's pretty incredible um oh other thing i didn't like uh some of the character designs not a uh, fan yeah some of them are, are not i'm not a fan um and claymation is is like that sometimes right like sometimes claymation if you don't like it then yeah like like kubo and the two strings i think has like an incredible character design throughout. And I think like Coraline is sometimes like has like really good characters, but then there's also like that neighbor who has like the weirdest fucking character design I've ever seen. Like his legs are just like twigs and then he's just like a round top. Like it goes up and down with claymation stuff. Like, yeah. Um, and sometimes the character designs are not my favorite. Yeah. So, but 
you know, I I think I disagree with you on the character designs. I liked all of them pretty much. Mm. Um, which is, I mean, it's fine to disagree on those types of things. Yeah. Um, it's kind of you like it or you don't on on them. Um, yeah. but I thought it worked for the most part. I I really loved the design of especially the cricket. I really loved. Oh yeah, he's um, really great. Uh, I really loved the look of him as well as uh, the monkey Spazatura. I think was a really great design as well. Um, but yeah, I loved what you said about it making kind of that grim fairy tale because it really does have a main message of being anti-war. I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest message that comes here. Uh, and they really don't shy away from shoving that in your face because, I mean, this isn't a spoiler because it happens in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Um, but Geppetto had a son and his son died because of like a bomb. Yeah. And from war. And I, I think that that, you know, despite it being very sad, really works for Geppetto and his redemption of kind of wanting to, you know, it's not as like, I'm not saying that it doesn't work in the Disney one, but it's kind of like Geppetto's just kind of there, you know, <laughs> in the Disney one. So, I mean, he is like, you don't have any real connection to Geppetto. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also don't understand why a man who lives alone would create a wooden boy puppet. Which is we're not gonna think we're not gonna think too much about that. We're not gonna think too much about it. Or I'm thinking too much about it. Um, no. <laughs> so, but like uh, in this one, like it makes a lot more sense. Um, and, Absolutely, uh, it's really and it's really 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 good. Um, mm-hmm. And I like he's just like it's hard to see like Geppetto like a character you kind of love be like an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's and it's kind of great, but like he goes from a guy who plays the accordion to an alcoholic, which is just like about as 180 as you can get you know yeah <laughs> i only play Pretty the accordion much. when i'm happy you're right like weird al <laughs> uh this is also a musical uh and i really like the songs in here i already mentioned earlier that i really love the score but i want to double down on that this is the score in this movie is phenomenal um, I was listening to it on Spotify, which is the highest regard that I can give. Holy it's shit. Alexander Desplat. What? Yeah. No, that you were listening to it on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Desplat did this score for this. He does a score for a lot of uh, Guillermo del Toro's films. He did it for The Shape of Water, won the Oscar for it. Very well deserved for that movie because the score in it is incredible. Mm. Um, but I, I, you know, yeah, can't can't complain here about about that. The songs are really great. That song, Chao Papa is really, really amazing, especially in the way that it's used in the movie. Um, right in the middle. I love it. Yeah. Also, um, Ewan McGregor's song, which keeps getting consistently cut off, which is so funny because he has the <laughs> voice of an angel. Oh, yes. It's so, so good. F- it's so funny. Uh, um, yeah. Ewan McGregor. He's funny in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. um, animation is pretty incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm all... I'll, stop motion will always be the most impressive maybe Absolutely. like form of filmmaking yeah <laughs> uh yeah and the guy who uh did a lot of the designs was mark uh and he has directing credits mark gustafson a gustafson sorry my bad and mm. he uh was the main guy who did a lot of the claymation and models for uh fantastic mr fox which mm. is a wes anderson film fun fact one of my favorite movies of all time uh yeah. it's one of those movies that's in the pantheon of like made me fall in love with movies is that movie yeah. Um. And 
I love the stop motion in this movie. I love the stop motion in that movie. Yeah. They do a lot with this kind of really weird design of Pinocchio, but they really work with it well, especially in the themes of the movie because it's made yeah. from the tree that's, you know, outside of Carlos grave. Right. Which is, yeah. you know, I will say yeah. um, that uh, the director, that, that guy who made the, who the character design, why do you have to fuck over Candlewick so bad? <laughs> My guy's got the worst looking face I've ever seen. Yeah, that Do was you, I'll, okay. I'll I'll be with you on that one. I will. I right, will go with you, you on that. Candlewick one. Candlewick looks like dog shit. He doesn't look all great. Why don't? But all the other humans look great. That's the thing that's weird. all the other humans look pretty great. Geppetto looks good. Geppetto looks oh Geppetto looks really good. But like I don't know the dude's nose. The um freaking tour guy um or the circus dude. Oh, it's Chris, uh, Count Volpe. Yeah, he he's a little annoying, but he looks kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Um, but also, like the wood sprite and death look great. Holy shit, they, they look, look so amazing. Good, dude. And a lot of the lighting effects in this movie looked amazing. Fucking, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, I don't want to talk about like the cinematography necessarily. I do want to yeah. talk about the lighting. The light, Jesus, holy, especially shit. on the water towards the end. Beautiful. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, no, it's pretty great. <laughs> Um, it's one of those things where I'm like, how did they do that? Was that like painting or was that just, I, I don't know what it was. I don't, I don't know how they did it, but it looks like lighting and it was amazing both in like the afterlife kind of place where he is. Um, but also on the water and in the, you know, the stage scenes look great. It's, I mean, I'm just going in, I'm just going through like the photos right now. And like, even there's just like a scene has like. I'm just looking at like a picture from there's a scene where they're in the hospital um, because, you know, Pinocchio is like a cat in this movie and he has infinite lives. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 so Pinocchio yeah. really gets to respawn. Um, he does. <laughs> but like uh, there's like there's like a key light and then there's like plenty of like fill. It's it's literally like perfectly lit like an actual scene. Yeah. Like it's just um yeah the animation is pretty incredible like can't say enough good things about that um the story is like it is so good <laughs> it's really really it's good it's really good like putting it in like fascist italy is pretty it's pretty ballsy to it do is. it with like something like this like hats off to Guillermo del Toro Especially like Mussolini being there and having that very small part. They literally make like poop jokes in front of him. And I was <laughs> like, this is such a ballsy move. I know. It's and really I, I, Yeah, I just, you know, and it works so well with the themes though that he's presenting yeah. of like the whole idea of mortality effects wars, right? War mm. is all about mortality and that sort of thing. Mortality is a huge, huge byproduct of war. Right. Mm. And it just works so well of people trying to kind of like capitalize off of Pinocchio, the fact that he can't die. Right. They're trying to make him into a soldier. Yeah. It's just, it's really great. And um, emotionally, I was so connected to this movie. I mm. was, you know, I think it really brought you along in terms of the tragedy, at least at the beginning, because you saw how happy Geppetto was. Oh, dude. It with was Carlo. Dude, it was like, it was like, it was like Disney. <laughs> yeah, it was literally Disney. <laughs> and then it went so not Disney. 
Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god. And I'm yeah. like, they start the movie off like that. And I don't know. I, I And then again, the end is also just something that I... Oh my god. It's, it's, it, it rips your heart out, man. It's, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I, don't, I really it, don't know. I, I mean, um, like, I again, like... I, I think there's a lot of ways you can analyze this and it works really fucking well. Like even the fact that the, like, I think it's notable for a very specific reason that they did stop animation, right? Instead mm-hmm. of just a regular animated movie or live action, right? Stop. Yeah. And anim- they cause stop animation is puppets. Mm-hmm. Essentially you're just yeah. moving puppets the entire time. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and like, that's like part of the whole like thing of Pinocchio, right? Is like, Pinocchio is a puppet. Is Pinocchio is a puppet. Like look it's like he's used by all of these different entities and um and individuals and even Geppetto to an extent. Like like everyone is just using people. And like the fact that everyone in here is a puppet is great. Except for and the only person who's like maybe not a, a puppet is like the spirit, right? Yeah. Um I mean, there's, it's still to an extent, so maybe that's... Yeah, but it, it's like, less clear that they're a puppet. They don't look like a puppet, basically, no, yeah. is, in yeah, the yeah. character design. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, just, it's just a really... like there, There's such intentionality to, like, mm-hmm. even though this is maybe the hardest way we could do it, that's the best way to do this. And, I, yeah. and like, that's the type of shit that we love to see from directors. I, I really... Ha- I can't say enough good things about this movie. I really can't. And I would recommend this to literally anyone. I can't think of a single movie person who won't like it unless you're a Nazi, like straight up. Like, I think that's like the only person that wouldn't like this movie. Uh, yeah. But, you know, yeah. so we don't need to. So, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the white kids in California, we will send this to. <laughs> the white kids from the Fable. From the white kids from like, the Fablemans in, Calif- yeah. in Northern California. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a really quite underrated movie, if I'm being honest, because the people who've seen it, I think, have been talking about it and been like, yeah, that was really good. I don't see this really as much in the greater film community talking about how truly great this movie was. And I think it's a clear example, the similar to the way that I feel about Fantastic Mr. Fox, I feel that differently about that film because I think it's more of a kid's movie than this one. Um, but People I just think look down that- on animation. Yeah, people really do. And this is one of those movies that just because it's animated does not mean that it has this doesn't have the same emotional depth and weight mm. and value as any of the other movies nominated for Best Picture. I would put this in Best Picture up against any other movie that's there right now. I'd agree. I'd um, totally agree. And I think it competes very favorably with most of them. Um, yeah. So really check this one out. It's on Netflix. It's so easy it's not, to see. It's like, yeah, it's the easiest thing to see. Um, totally worth your time. Uh, hair long. Yeah. Hair long. So, it is a little bit long. So if you want to watch it in chunks, you know, it's pretty easy to figure out where the chunks are. Yeah. <laughs> like, Very easy. Yeah. But you know, I, you know, I was... Yeah. Goes to circus. Okay. Goes to Nazis. Okay. You know, those, <laughs> those, they're, they're goes to see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, you have your chunks. Okay. Yeah. I did truly cry at the end, though. Like yeah. I, I was, uh, I was really, really emotional at the end when, when Pinocchio died, and they're all talking about him and his struggle, which is so cheesy, right? You know, you knew that that was gonna happen, yeah. right? Uh, which makes sense, but like, 
also sometimes it sometimes it sneaks up on you. It does, and then they they had the one two combo with me where Pinocchio was alive, but then everyone else died. <laughs> Shit! And then you Shit. see Guillermo del Toro, uh, or not Guillermo, del Toro, Pinocchio just going and burying everyone, and I'm like, oh dude. God. But then it but then it becomes like even more of a folktale because then they're like, and then he walked off into the distance, and you're like, yeah. And it all came full circle because the tree grew mm-hmm. around their grave, and. It's beautiful. It's, it's so pretty, beautiful. It's a pretty fucking beautiful movie. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Please All right. see it. So, um, I think we have time for a quick one for Over Under. Just quick. Very quick. And this one relates to the last movie we talked about, which is stop motion animation. Overrated or underrated? Go. Stupidly underrated. Yeah. Stu- I think people underrated. I think people are just like, oh, it looks cool, right? Look, I'm not telling you that Isle of Dogs was a cinematic masterpiece because it wasn't, and it was kind of racist (laughs) also. (laughs) That's my hot take. That's not, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty accurate. Um, But, but I don't know. I think people undervalue the uh, impressiveness of stop-motion animation. Dude, it's like, dude, like, you have to understand, like, they're dead ass taking 24 photos per second of movie. And it's a two hour movie. <laughs> it's a two hour fucking movie. What? That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts. There's I water in this movie. I would just get frustrated and leave. There's water in this movie. Have you seen Kubo and the and Two leave. Strings? There's fucking water all over that. <laughs> How do you clay water? What? That's hard for people with computers to do well. <laughs> you clearly. The fuck? I mean, I mean like, they did it well in Avatar, but that's because it was like a really expensive movie. It took them movie. 10 years to do it. They <laughs> yeah. took water in this movie. That was fucking shit. What? Dude, nothing blows my mind more fucking consistently than when I watch a stop motion movie. Because that's the one thing that I watch, and I'm like, I have actually fucking no clue where to goddamn. How do they do start. that? How do you even do fucking do that? start? Like, I don't know. How do you incorporate effects, and at what point is it an effect and not stop motion? Like, blows my fucking mind. Oh, okay. It's I could talk about this. I could talk about this for so long because. It is the most underrated fucking art form because it's also underrated not in just that people don't appreciate enough. People don't appreciate enough by even fucking seeing it. Yeah. The most well, there are two, I think, the most well-known stop motion um, animated movies. I think it's Coraline and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. Other than that, people don't give up. Oh, wait, and Nightmare Before Christmas. What the fuck am I saying? Oh, yeah. And then after that, no one gives a goddamn shit. <laughs> no one cares about any of those except for those three movies. But and like, you know, we saw Wendell movies. and Wild last year great stop motion film right you know yeah and it's one of those things where it's like yes people are like oh yeah you know i like the movie when i see it and i've been on record saying this i hear my denounce my old opinion of Coraline. i watched again and i really liked it okay it's so so good i think it was because i was scared as a kid (laughs) i still think i still think if you're over the age of like 10 you should see that movie but yeah whatever yeah whatever uh, I I do really love Fantastic Mr. Fox, though. I yeah. love that movie. It's, again, one of those kind of formative movies for me um, yeah. that really made me fall in love with the medium. And stop motion was a big reason for it. I think that not only does Fantastic Mr. Fox look beautiful, but I think it uses it for humor a lot. Mm. Like, there's the part where he's like, 
you look like you're glowing and then they turn into lamps and it's so funny <laughs> like but they couldn't do that if it wasn't stop motion yeah. it wouldn't be that funny no like motion. like stop motion is so good it's just like it's so it's so impressive there's so much yeah also like the types of stories that people want to tell in stop motion, I feel like to an extent you have to be like, hmm, I'm going to take like three years of my life and make this. Yeah. Painfully. And then like they do just it. in the production part, right? Like just that's the, not like, even counting the writing. That's the, no, that's not counting post or pre, just like actual production. I'm gonna spend three fucking years or some shit on this. I feel like to an extent they're like, we need to get this right. Yeah. Like we need, so like the stories that people go for in stop motion, I think are often some of the most creative and like, m like seriously think about it between like, you have Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Frank and Weenie. Isn't Frank, isn't Frank, yeah, Frank no, it's not, isn't Frank and Weenie? No, it's not Frank and Weenie. It's a, uh, oh fuck. There's a, there's a Halloween one from the same studio that did Coraline. I'm pretty sure it's Frank and Weenie. And whatever. Uh, <laughs> Coraline, Kubo and the Two Strings, Wendell Wild, this movie. Like, all those are fucking batshit crazy stories. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely amazing. So, go see, go see this movie. Just do it. Just, Just do please. it. Please, go see it. Just please do it. It got no love at the Oscars. <laughs> Except for animation. <laughs> That's it. And if it doesn't and, really and every single one of these uh, interviews has been like, give animation respect, please. Okay, bye. <laughs> that's, that's what he said in every single one. Yeah, yeah I can't wait to watch his, uh, um, his Oscar acceptance speech and his backstage press speech. Yeah. <laughs> I love watching the, the press speeches. They're really fun. Yeah, they're great. Um, Kihui yeah. Kwan's from the Golden Globes was beautiful. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, okay. hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, next time we'll talk about Something I don't know. We haven't. Uh, said fucking. Yet. Well, I know. We might get a pass for a little bit. Yeah. To yeah. go watch like something else. Yeah. Doesn't Ant Man come out soon? Ant Man comes out in February. We're definitely talking about that one. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, keep an eye out for the best picture. Oh fuck! Uh, We're gonna talk about Puss in Boots next, aren't we? If you want to, I'm down. <laughs> I don't have much Shit. to say about it, but it's it's good. Yeah, it could be a quick one. Yeah. Who knows? All right. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye.